0: Good morning, it's DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, mission accomplished for everybody. The Jazz won Game 2, they knew they they really needed to, they needed to get the series to 1-1, they did it. The Grizzlies, they can say they got out of here with a game, they got home court advantage. But I think just as importantly, not only did they win Game 1, but the way they battled and fought back in Game 2, they put a little fear in the Jazz. There's got to be a little respect there. The Grizzlies were down 20 at the half. They were in serious foul trouble. Dylan Brooks, Jonas Alenshuenis, both gone to the bench in foul trouble. Other guys had some foul issues. Came out in the third quarter, and Brooks got his fourth really fast, and they left him in anyway. And the Grizzlies scored on their first 15 possessions of the third quarter. They went for 29 points, I think, in six and a half minutes. And uh, you'll hear Mike Conley reference that coming up. He's not happy. There was nobody. Nobody thought that was okay. Uh, and the Jazz gave up 43 in the quarter. But they came back with a dominant fourth quarter of their own. I thought Rudy Gobert really set a tone, uh, not only with his dunks offensively, but the way he defended and protected the rim defensively and went after shots, blocking some, changing others. Uh, the Jazz got that lead back to 10 and they ended up winning by 12. But what a game. John Morant goes for 47. Holy cow! Jess shot the three really well. We'll get into that later in the hour as well. Uh, Donovan Mitchell gave him a huge spark right from the get-go. Did uh, I think freak a few people out by appearing to re- tweak that answer? Uh, ankle looked like um, although they had no answer for him uh you know his health always a question he went down it took a while to get up and then he tried to pop up like everything was okay and walk it off but there was a little hitch in his giddy up and there's a timeout and quinn snyder is right in his ear talking to him And he did leave and go into the tunnel go to the locker room but he came back and played later in the game so he's got three days to get ready for game three saturday i think the grizzlies have a lot of confidence here i think they're a dangerous team i still believe what i said early grizzlies are good jazz are better and the jazz should win this series but the more confidence you give an underdog, and the longer you let them hang around, the harder it is to deal with them. So they've had the lead in the series once. Don't give it to them again in Game Three. Go get Game Three. Don't give the Grizzlies anything. They're going to take plenty on their own because they're good. So we'll get into more of this as the morning progresses. We got to take a break. We're going to hear from the Grizzlies and the Jazz coming up. Coming up next. John Morant, who went for 47. We'll hear from him. We'll hear from the Grizzlies' coach as well. And we've got Jazz Post on the way with Mike Conley, uh, Quinn Snyder, and some other Jazz players as well. That's all coming up. Stay with us. DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.
1: Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show.
0: goes to the team that goes to the coach usually whose team overperforms the most and the jazz certainly exceeded expectations going from a pretty consistent five or six seed to the number one seed obviously phoenix went all the way from not in the playoffs for a decade to the two seed so and then you got uh, atlanta right they have their coaching change and Nate mcmillan they go 27 and 11 and they're 1-1 with the knicks after losing in the garden knicks with a big third quarter um but, you know, on the list, you, know, you got to go down a little ways, but still on the list of coaches who've done a good job, Taylor Jenkins, young coach, uh, and yes, San Antonio ties as well, has ties to Quinn Snyder, has ties to the Spurs organization, and he's doing a good job in Memphis, got him into the playoffs, and got a game in Utah, and <laughs> came – Came shockingly close to getting two. Got that 20-point lead down to two, but couldn't handle it in the fourth quarter. Maybe the playoff inexperience showing up. Uh, maybe the foul trouble in the first half. You know, you have a big run in the third quarter. And then can you do it again in the fourth? Mm. But here's Taylor Jenkins after the game. His Grizzlies going home tied one-one with the Jazz.
2: Hey, Coach. Uh, when you look at this game for the Jazz, now that you've got
3: they've gotten Donovan Mitchell back, what would you say um, the Jazz kind of gave you guys the most difficulty with
2: as a whole? And what can you say about the just the fight coming out of that half and that third quarter run that you guys went on?
3: I think the Jazz played an amazing game tonight. I mean, they were clicking on all cylinders, 19 threes, 54%. I mean, we shot 54% too. So uh, they got off and running early. Uh, Really proud of our group in that third quarter to bounce back, cut the lead to, you know, one possession game. Uh, Then the Jazz, you know, just, you know, some 50-50 balls, second chance points in that fourth quarter you can't have. Um, You know, down the stretch in a close ball game, But, you know, obviously he adds a lot to their team. You know, their entire team played great. A lot of guys played well for them. Uh, Long series. We're going to bounce back. And and the fact that we can compete with these guys and we beat these guys is a great takeaway from these two games out here.
4: Drew Hill. Taylor, uh, I'm sure John will say that he doesn't care because it comes in a loss, but he becomes the franchise's all-time or or single-game record holder for points tonight. Um, and in the playoffs, both. What
3: what does that mean? Um, it's obviously an amazing feat um, in his early career, but I'll echo he'll, he'll talk about he can't wait to go come back and get a win. Um, that's his focus, and it's all driven to win. Uh, but amazing franchise record. You know, I think there's NBA stats about you know what he's done in two playoff games, and you know the age he's at and all that. Um, but he's motivated by winning, so uh, a lot of things that you know he's going to learn from. Uh, the things he did well and what we can do as a team to get better. So I know he's motivated by that, but honestly, heck of a game.
5: Evan Barnes.
4: Yeah, they're kind of going off of that. We've we've seen Ja have these kind of games, but just coming out of the halftime, was there anything said or just kind of sense from him that he recognized that he had to do a little bit more just because of the foul trouble you guys were in?
3: I think all of our guys recognized it, you know, it wasn't just him. It was a flurry of, you know, that starting unit to come out there and make a huge run and cut into the Jazz lead. We're down 20 at halftime. We talked about – Stay in the course. They played great. There's 24 more minutes left. Let's go out there and find ways to get more stops. And, you know, we, we watched some clips about how getting better defensively and offensively, and our guys, as they've done all season long, you know, uh, resiliency and rebounding in that third quarter. Uh, played a whole lot better, 43 points to 29. Big run. I think ended up being a six-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Uh, that starting group really set a tone in that third quarter.
4: Specifically though, with Ja like what, when he goes on these runs, you've seen it. With, obviously, we've seen it with DB, but for tonight, when he went on that run, what did that specifically do for you guys?
3: You know, confidence wise, as he kept going a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it set a tone for us. Um, you know, he, he's an engine for us offensively uh, when he's in attack mode. You know, he was diamond up his teammates. Uh, you know, it helped fuel the run. So I mean, it's huge for us. Any given night, one of our guys can go on one of these runs. Uh, first game was DB. Tonight was Jaw, uh, but it sets a tone. Just kind of just uh, you know sends energy throughout the entire roster, uh, whether you're on the floor on the off, uh, or off. And it, it was just a, as again a tone setter for us.
5: Kerry Davis, hey
6: coach. Uh, defensively, you know plays all about adjustments. What defensively defensively you need to do to make adjustments for the game three?
3: Uh, we'll watch the film and we'll figure it out for game three.
5: Keith Parrish.
4: Taylor, I'm curious about your approach to the foul trouble. Uh, Dylan and Jonas limited in the first half and the team got outscored pretty badly without them out there. And what is your thought about leaving them on in the first half, you know, and maybe risking further foul trouble against the idea of taking them off and saving them for the second half?
3: Yeah, those guys are super important to us early in the game. You've got to be smart about managing the full 48 minutes. And, um, you know, so those are difficult decisions. Obviously played a little, a little bit longer in that second half because uh, they were rolling. Um, there's gambles you take. So early in the game, want to be smart. Um, so definitely tough decisions. But, you know, those guys will be great moving forward.
5: Joe Molnaks.
3: Coach, kind of to piggyback
4: off of that question, in response to the foul trouble, uh, especially there in the first half, you did some four-guard lineups, Sometimes where Desmond Bain was technically the four next to Jaron Jackson Jr. When you have two players like Jonas and Dylan that are both in, in the same kind of situation, are, are how much of that is just trying to see what sticks, obviously going to guards that have helped you throughout the season? Is it experimentation? Is it stuff you've worked in practice when you're in those spots?
3: How do you approach when you're in that situation as a coach? Yeah, there was a little planning before the game. Didn't foresee those two guys being out. And obviously, as you mentioned, those guys have helped us all season long and uh, just trying to get a feel early in the series of, you know, best combinations and best strategies for us, you know, with our lineups big, small, um, you know, thrust us in that position. And, you know, we'll, we'll learn and watch the film and see what worked for us and, uh, you know, are those lineups that we want to use moving forward. Adam Tyke. Hey coach, Utah seemed to be going to the pick and roll pretty frequently in that fourth quarter. Was there anything they sort of changed up in their pick and roll attack from game one? And just how important is it for the team to cut off that weapon of their offense in the next couple of games? Uh, I mean, you're not going to stop them from running pick-and-roll. They're the number two team in the league in pick-and-rolls. That's what they've done all season long, especially in the fourth quarter. And uh, they just made, you know, uh, better plays in the fourth quarter, you know, moving the ball and uh, the roll attack. You know, Rudy was great in their pick-and-roll game. And, you know, the decisions they made, they were better tonight. So uh, it'll be great to go back, watch the film, see how for 48 minutes we can be better against, you know, the highest pick-and-roll team in the league.
5: Sean Coleman.
3: Coach, tonight, in addition to Jaws'
4: performance, Dylan, again, with another very efficient shooting night, 24 points, do you feel the growth in both of their offensive games, a big part of that is them feeding off each other? They've both grown individually, so playing together has also allowed for them to grow into a very, very potent offensive duo? Yeah,
3: I mean, they're definitely, you know, over the last two years, developed some really good chemistry in, in these big moments, you know, in these two games. Uh, it's great to see, you know, them playing off of each other and you know, each other identifying who's got the hot hand, who to go to. But uh, those guys have grown up a lot, you know, over the last couple of years. And and these are really great growth opportunities for these young guys. And I'm just really proud of what they've done in two games. And uh, I know they're going to be motivated to do more moving forward.
5: Josh Newman. Taylor, is there anything to
4: be said for, you know, your group being young and and maybe a bit naive, you know, going into a playoff series
3: and maybe there's no room to be nervous when when you're that young? Uh, our guys are energized every single day. Uh, they love to compete. Um, they knew this was going to be a tough game to win. Um, you know, Jazz came out and played great early, but you just see the resiliency of our group. So I think our guys as a whole have all season long proven that uh, they're able to bounce back throughout a game, you know, from game to game. Uh, these are moments that are going to test us, but uh, I'm proud of the competitiveness and the fight that they had and just came up short tonight and didn't do enough, especially uh, late in that game. And uh, we'll learn from it and get better for game three.
5: Final
3: question. Corey Harrison. Hey, Coach. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing great.
6: So despite the loss, what are some things you learned about your team tonight and, like, what are the areas of opportunities that you can build on moving forward for next game?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a broken record. Uh, They love to compete. They can compete with anyone. Um, You know, some nights... Uh, It's not going to go your way, but our guys, uh, you know, they stayed the course for 48 minutes. And uh, I love the togetherness and the spirit. You know, Jazz played great tonight. There was a lot of runs, um, big momentum plays. Uh, There was great calm, great poise uh, for our guys and timeouts on the floor. Um, You know, those are huge growth moments. Um, We've done it all season long, but to see that in these two games is is, uh, very rewarding. Um, and and it's something I know that I keep pushing these guys to recognize and understand, you know, what we've done all season long and how we've got to keep raising our level, especially in these intense and and emotional moments. So a lot of great stuff, Uh, but my biggest takeaway is these guys love to compete. They can compete, and, uh, you know, we we can beat this team. We've done it, and uh, we can compete with them. So we're going to learn and grow and, and keep giving our best effort moving forward.
0: All right, there is the Grizzlies head coach, Taylor Jenkins. Now time to hear from the guy who sparked him. Ja Morant, 47 points. Here's Ja after the game.
3: Hey, ja, um, 47 points for you tonight. And, you know, to set a franchise playoff record and then also some NBA records tonight, um, is that something that you're even thinking about, especially just getting not getting the result that you even want? Nah, not at all. I mean, it's an honor, you
7: know, to be able to do that. You know, you know I'm blessed, blessed to be able to, you know, uh, be in a position that I'm in, uh, you know, be able to play the game at the highest level, but um, that's not on my mind at all. Uh, we lost, so obviously, it wasn't enough. So,
5: Evan Barnes.
4: John, what kind of went through your mind in the third quarter? Obviously, you guys down 20, the fouls that come up in the, third, in the first half. What did something kind of go off in your mind to just say, hey, I have to take, a, take it up another notch in that quarter?
7: Uh, you know, I just got to be aggressive at all times, you know. Um, I kind of, you know, just put that pressure on myself to, you know, uh, get us back in the game. And, you know, I was able to get to my spots on the floor. And, you know, uh, and you make shots.
5: Drew Hill.
4: John, I know you're obviously disappointed uh, you didn't get game two, but you are, st- are going back 1-1 still, and you're going to get to play in front of the Memphis crowd. Do you feel, uh, I-, I guess, somewhat satisfied with the way that it's gone so far that, that you know, you're going back and you flipped home court?
7: Uh, of course, you know, home court advantage, you know, with our crowd. Uh, like I said, you know, after game one, we get, you know, return the favor of, you know, what they crowd been doing to us, so. Uh, You know, we're excited, Uh, Uh, 1-1. You know, mindset right now is to go, you know, back home, defend home court, and take game three.
5: Tim.
1: John, it it looked like after Gobert got you uh, blocking a shot in the first half, you said something along the lines of, like, I'll be back. How much
7: do you enjoy the challenge of attacking a guy like him? I'm not afraid. I mean, that's his job, to protect the rim. Uh, My job when I, you know, I'm attacking the rim is to go finish. So obviously he got a good block, but as you've seen throughout the game, you know, I was right back inside the paint.
3: Clayton. John, just going back to being home for these next two games, just, you know, the most recent frame of reference, that Spurs game, how did that help you guys lift and, and, you know, having that that larger capacity? You know, what kind of advantage do you think that's going to
7: bring for you guys in these next two games? Obviously, you know that Spurs game. You know our fans gave us a lot of energy, which we fed off and was able to come out with a win. And you know now being able to have even you know more fans in the arena, we expect you to you know be even louder and you know a lot of more energy. So we just got to go, you know, continue to just try to handle business, lock into our game plan, play our basketball, and try to go out and you know win, you know, for our home fans and you know just feed off their energy.
4: Josh Robbins I'm curious what do you feel like is the area or the areas where your team needs to improve the most heading into game 3
7: uh, we just wasn't able to you know play physical like we were you know, the first game so um, obviously that changed a lot we had a lot of guys in foul trouble and you know which led them to you know shooting free throws which led to us you know uh, you know trying to lighten up on defense and you know, they just took advantage of
5: Final question, Joe Mulnax.
4: Ja, you had an opportunity to play alongside Dylan Brooks, of course, once again tonight. Dylan has been some of, playing some of his most efficient offensive basketball of late. Uh, when he is going the way that he is, especially in terms of his efficiency, 23 points on 14 shots, only took two threes. So he was really aggressive getting to the basket, getting his looks there. Uh, how much does that help you? To get your game going as well. Uh, obviously, you had a tremendous game, but Dylan was a solid running partner with you tonight.
7: Um, you know, when he's gone, uh, you know, we're a very tough team. So, you know, we just got to continue to find ways to uh, get him in, involved and, you know, find uh, good play calls that works <laughs> for him uh, against his team and, you know, just let him, you know, be himself. Uh, when he's gone, obviously, it opens up a lot on the floor uh, for us. and you know, that's when I take advantage. There's Grizzly
0: star John Morant going for 47 points. When we come back, the best of the Jazz post-game. Stay with us.
1: Take the zone with you wherever you go. Hey, let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show.
0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Utah Jazz win Game 2. They are 1-1 now with the Grizzlies. Game 3 Saturday night in Memphis, and it is time right now to get the best of the Jazz postgame show. It's
8: your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97-5 and 12-8 the zone. The Jazz even their series at one game apiece with the Memphis Grizzlies. They beat the Grizz last night 141-129 in a shootout. The Jazz were led by Donovan Mitchell, who had 25 points in his return on eight of 19 shooting, 5 of 10 from 3. Mike Conley had 20 points and 15 assists. Rudy Gobert, 21 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, and four Block shots for the Grizzlies. Ja Morant continues to be a problem. The Jazz are going to have to figure out a better way to defend him. 47 points for uh, John Morant on 15 of 26 shooting. Went to the foul line 20 times, too, and made 15 of those. In fact, a lot of fouls called uh, last night uh, as this continues to be a very physical series. Let's get some postgame sound. Let's start things off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder.
5: Jump in with Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune
1: when you guys had a lot of success in the
8: pick
4: and roll tonight, especially with that Conley-Gobert matchup, what was what was leading to maybe more success
5: in that play than you had in game one?
3: Well,
9: for one, Mike wasn't in foul trouble. Um, you know, we the first three possessions in the third quarter, you know, he was out. And, um, you know, I think, you know, Mike, Mike, the other thing is, you know, our, I think our team is is – Kind of getting reconnected in, in some ways, um, you know. We we really wanted to try to space the floor, um, so I, I thought our spacing was better, and that that allowed Mag to have more room. And I also thought we were able to to read coverages better and find um, you know find find the right read, whether it was a kick out or a lob or or Mike finishing. It felt like there was a lot of variety you know, in those situations and, you know, that those guys have been doing that, you know, this year and, you know, they, they, they play well together and, you know, it it was good to see because it was something that obviously um, we, we needed um, especially the way Memphis was shooting the ball and playing offense.
5: Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Coach, uh, first off, congrats on a great team win and, Um, so good to see Donovan back. What, what impressed you most about his performance tonight?
9: Well, anytime, you know, you've been out for a significant period of time. Um, I think there's a tendency to try to really put a stamp, you know, on the game. And I, I thought he really let the game come to him. Um, he was patient, you know, he got a few catch and shoot threes early where he you know, got good looks, got off the ball and, and kind of made a simple play. And then I think as the game went on, you know, you saw him attacking the basket more, but um, he really played within himself. Um, you know, I, I thought he, he just made the right plays. And, you know, obviously it was, it's good, good to have him back. It, it, it certainly changes our team. And you, know, you, you take a player like that off any team, it's going to impact you. And for us, the things that he gives, I think his, kind of his spirit as well um there's a there's a competitive spirit that he has and you can feel it when he plays and I, I think you know that's something that i think our guys also feed off of
5: matthew calls ap
3: besides his competitive spirit what what does he bring to the offense how does the offense change when donovan's in there Well, he's unique
9: in that, you know, he's one of the best catch and shoot three point shooters in the NBA. You you know, the the plays that, you know, that show up in the highlights are usually him going to the going to the rim or dunking or doing something like that. And just being spaced and, you know, knocking down a 24 foot three um, has a huge impact because it stretches the defense and it lets you know, let's other guys have more room. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing that you felt when, when he has been out is certain situations in the game, you know, where somebody has got to go get a bucket and, you know, he, he, he's not, he relishes those moments. Um, and anytime you have a guy that's able to create um, in those situations, it's something um, that, that you come to rely on. I, I you know, Mike, you know, is capable of doing the same thing. So, um, but you miss that at various times, you know, it changes matchups, you know, when you have multiple guys on the floor that can make plays, um, you know, it, it allows you to kind of, you know, kind of, I won't say I don't know the, way, the right way to say, it. You, you know, whoever's, whoever's either got the hot hand or has a matchup situation. Um, and those guys really play off each other. So, um, you, you can't really underestimate. I mentioned it the other night when Don's out, all of a sudden, you know, Joe's having to play the point and Joe's a heck of a playmaker, but bringing the ball up, you know, 90 feet an entire game is, is not easy, especially against pressure. So having those multiple handlers out there, um, Donovan just takes pressure off a lot of other guys, you know, and then I think he really picks his spots when he can go, you know, create and score at, at, at really important times in the game.
5: Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
10: When Memphis really had kind of an efficient third quarter climbing back into the game, I think they shot 67% from the field in the period. And then it felt like Rudy kind of swung the momentum back early in the fourth with his uh, defensive presence. What did you see him do to kind of change the momentum of the game that way?
9: Well, they, they had more than an efficient third quarter of that first six minutes. They you know, they were terrific. And, you know, I think jaw and Dylan that they're, they're so they're so aggressive and so confident when they're attacking, um, that if you, if, if they see lanes to the basket, you know, they're just going to, they're going to you know drive those seams and, and get on the rim. And I, I thought we, we didn't do a good job in transition. And then sometimes when we did a, do a pretty good job, they made shots, um, and maybe the biggest thing is that we fouled. You know, I just thought we fouled way too much. But, you know, you can't say enough about Ja Morant. I mean, it's he's a special player and he can get where he, where he wants to on the floor and he's um, really tough to defend. So you could feel that um, during that stretch of the game. I thought, you know, we weren't executing. You're, you're not going to be able to to stop all that, but we, we weren't executing. Um, the way that we needed to. And I, I think Rudy made some adjustments individually where he was able to put himself in the play more and, and be more impactful. And, you know, that's something that, that he's always trying to feel. Um, but that, as you said, I thought, you know, we our defense just improved. But I, I thought we lost focus um, at the beginning of the third. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but they just came out, and you know, on a really high level and, and, you know, knocked us back. Frankly, I was you know, I thought I was impressed with how we, we responded. I thought that was a really good thing given the way that, you know, that, that that onslaught occurred.
5: And Anderson, KSLSports.com.
3: Quinn, uh, speaking of job, what can you do about him to either try and get the ball out of his hands or just slow him down?
9: Well, you know, I mean, I, I think a lot of times people feel like you go double someone, and, you know, you've accomplished the goal. And oftentimes that's, that's the case. Um, but it, it's hard to get it out of his hands, even if you double team him out on the floor, because he's, you know, he's so quick. I, I think, you know, we didn't, we didn't shift enough. He, he, he just saw too much space. And, you know, when he sees that, You know, he's just – he's going to attack those gaps and those seams. So, um, there are some things that we tried to do a little differently as the game went on. I I think to the extent that he's playing vertically, you know, you're in trouble. And, you know, it's hard not to have him, you know, play vertically. But, you know, you have to try to string him out and make make him play more horizontally because when he's downhill, you know, he's just attacking your big straight on and attacking their chest. And he's so athletic. Um, he's able to hang and finish or drop the ball off and you know he gets in there and he's hanging up in the air for three or four seconds kind of just picking and choosing what he wants to do so um, keeping him out of the paint you know is is what you want um, but it's you know it's easier said than done uh, but there are some situations where you know we just have to be better there's some things we can control or we can try to control and then there's other situations that you know he makes plays so um, but again, I, I thought there were a few times where we guarded him. You, you can't give him 20 free throws. I mean, that, that's a huge number. And I thought that had a, had a huge impact on the game. We, we, there were silly fouls a lot of times, too. That's just, just reaching and, you know, and, and not not getting anything out of it, whether it was and one. So um, we'll keep trying to, to find ways to adjust to, to try to impact that. And, um, you know, we've got to do a lot of other things right. Um, if he has a night like tonight.
5: We have time for one last question. It will come from Tony Jones, The Athletic.
11: Coach, piggybacking off of of Jod, do you think about, you know, maybe switching up pick and roll coverages, give them uh, different looks, maybe going under for a few possessions, going over, uh, or maybe even trapping and blitzing?
9: Yeah, you you I'm going to have to get you the clips, Tony. We we uh yes, you know, we made some adjustments during the game, frankly, and I, I thought they did help, you know. Um, you know, that that's no magic, you know, teams do that and and you know, you 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 want to do that. I think the last game we played um we, we were really poor defensively. Um so part of it is you know, let's see what we can do and how we can guard. And, and I think midway through that third quarter we did try to do some things differently. Um, but there there's some also some some basic things in our base coverages that that we didn't execute. So um, you know, whether it's going under, you go under, he flips the angle of the screen and he's downhill. Um, A couple of times we went under and he made a shot. So it's a little bit of a, you know, what do you react to and what do you not react to? And, you know, that that's a balance there. That's why I mentioned the fouls because, you know, if you go under and he makes a couple shots, you know, tip your hat, um, you go over and he gets in the lane. Um, You know, the, the things that hurt us is, you know, when he gets in there and you've played good defense and you foul, or he takes a shot and you miss and there's an offensive rebound. But, Um, You know, the the pick and roll schemes are the lifeblood of this league. And um, he certainly puts a lot of pressure on you to figure those things out. And it's something we look at and work hard on. And
8: sometimes it looks better than others. There's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Let's now move on to the players. Let's hear from Rudy Gobert.
5: We'll have uh, Eric Walden start first. Salt Lake Tribune.
10: Rudy, given the uh, the third quarter that the Grizzlies had, what was it that you were able to do to kind of, you know, decrease them from going off the way they did, and kind of swing the momentum back
12: into your guys' favor in the start of the fourth? I think we just try to stay locked in more than anything. You know, uh, they came out really aggressive. They came out making shots, uh, getting to the line. Pretty much everything was going well for them. So we. You know, the good thing is we kept attacking them, you know, right back at them. And uh, they scored a lot, but we scored, we scored a lot too. That's not the type of basketball that we want to do, that we want to play. But, uh, you know, we, we just got to keep going. And I felt like in the fourth, we, we were about to get the starts we needed.
5: Sarah Todd,
2: Desert News. Rudy, what more can be done to guard John Morant and make things a little bit more difficult on him?
12: I mean, he's a, you know, he's a very talented player, obviously. Uh, you know, he's very aggressive. He's great at also finding his teammates. So, you know, we know that, you know, every game is going to be, a, you know, different adjustment that we're going to have to make. And, uh, you know, when, and try to make his life a little more difficult. And tonight, you know, he I don't know how many free I think he shot about 20 free throws. So we got to do definitely got to do a better job on that and uh you know keep trying to make you know uh his life difficult
5: next up, we will have ryan miller k s l
4: uh, speaking of jaw, could you just take us through that block that you had on him in the first half?
12: I just try to you know do what I do uh protect the basket, just you know just pretty much play off my instinct and uh you know, I know that he's very athletic, so if uh, if I'm late, you know, it's it's a little harder for me. So I gotta anticipate it and try to time it, and you know, and you know, if he makes it, if he, you know, I just gotta be there and uh, try to make his life difficult.
5: Corey Harrison, out of bounds.
12: Hey
6: Rudy, how you doing, man? Good. How are you? Doing great, man. So during the time when the the, the offense became a little stagnant and they got back into the game, how were you able to pull away and ultimately get this win and tie the series up?
12: I think we, you know, we got a little distracted at some point in the game. You know, we kind of lost our ag- aggressiveness. Uh, the ball kind of stopped moving a little bit, and we know we we can fit it. You know, everybody can fit it. We know that when the ball stopped moving, you know, they're about to – to get stops and they're about to get transition too and uh, you know that's the two things that that's the things that we don't want to don't want to give them you know so we keep moving the ball stay connected keep playing through the physicality and uh, getting good shots and then we can set our defense and it's a it's a totally different game and uh, and the same thing with offensive rebounds you know when we're about to get those rebounds it's a totally different game you know they, they have a lot of physical guys that like to crash the balls and when we are able to get them out of there, you know, it's uh, they have to run back and guard us in transition. And it's, uh, it's a different story.
5: Sam Farnsworth, KSL TV.
11: Hey, Rudy. Uh, Donovan was very expressive after some of his
9: buckets. You could tell that he was just excited to be back on the floor, had that energy, uh, Coach Snyder called a
3: competitive spirit. How much does the energy of one player affect the
10: entire team?
12: I mean, it's been, it's been more than a month, you know, so I think he was really antsy to, to get back out there and, uh, you know, and we missed him. So, uh, it was great, you know, getting his energy, his, uh, you know, his, his positivity, all that, you know, his aggressiveness and obviously his talent, you know, he was definitely, uh, you know, a, a good time to have him back. And tonight, you know, he did, uh, he definitely, you know, uh, did a great job. I, I felt like I didn't feel like he was out. You know, I felt like you know it was he had the kind of game that you know uh, that wasn't the first game back after months. So it just shows that you know he's been he's been working. You know, he's been putting the work and uh, and uh, he's been ready for that moment.
5: Tim McMahon, ASPN.com. uh ASPN.com.
12: Rudy, after that block you had on
1: Jaw, he said something like, "I'll be back." How much do you enjoy that challenge of a guy who is that good, that athletic, and, and that aggressive?
12: I mean, that's that's what it's about. You know, you can't... Sometimes I'm going to get dunked, dunked on and sometimes I'm going to get the block. I'm not going to stop coming and try to do what I do. You know, and it's the same for him. You know, uh, you know hopefully he doesn't stop coming and I'm still going to be there every time. So it's uh you know that's that's just the competitive spirit, and I know I know Ja has that you know, but I have that too. So you know it's it's what it's about.
8: There's Rudy Gobert, twenty-one points, thirteen boards, four blocks, three assists—a heck of a night from Rudy. Let's now uh, check in with Donovan Mitchell.
5: All right, we'll go ahead and start with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey Don, congrats uh, on the W tonight, and your uh, first night back in five weeks, your first shot, you make a three. First of all, how did that feel and how are you feeling after tonight?
6: Um, I feel good. You know, I've, I've put myself in, you know, kind of treacherous situations to come back and be ready for, you know, playoff intensity and, you know, felt better than I anticipated. And, you know, just as a whole, I think the biggest thing is a team, we just did a lot of good things tonight. You know, I think, um, Mike had 15 assists tonight. Like the man, 20 and 15, Rudy had 21 and 13. Like we did a lot of really good things. So it made my job, you know, easier. I didn't have to come in and just do everything. Like, you know, I was able to just kind of find my spots and attack and just, and, and kind of just do what I do. And my teammates made it really
7: easy for
12: me.
5: Tony Jones, The Athletic.
7: Uh, Donovan, can you take us through, um, that sequence where you was uh, where you were talking to Dylan after that that, that uh, four point play, and you know just how important was it for you guys to come out and match that physicality and match uh,
11: that energy uh, that that Memphis, you know, frankly gave you guys in Game
6: One. Yeah, um, you know that's the basketball I think we all love. You know, I mean, Tony, you know, growing up in, in New York, I played basketball. You know in the city, that's just, that's every day, you know, so, you know, it's going to be a lot of talk and a lot of stuff and, you know, you just kind of go out there and just be aggressive. Um, Just try to go out there and attack and, you know, he got the foul and, you know, it is what it is, but you got to expect the same energy when we come out in game three, Uh, you got to be ready for it. And, you know, the biggest thing for us is just kind of, like you said, you know, they had an intensity level in game one that we really didn't match. And I feel like we did it from start to finish, except for a little bit in the third quarter. You know, we kind of lit up a little bit. Um, and that's going to be on us to adjust and, and understand that we can't let that happen. Um, and like I said, they're going to be wired and, and geeked up for game three. We just got to be able, like I said, to continue to play this way. Because when we play this way, outside of the few mistakes we made in the third to kind of let them come back, you know, we're tough to beat. You know, and I think we, we showed that tonight um and guys doing many different things and like we all stepped up but we got to continuously do it it's just one game Uh, we could have won by 50 we could have won by one but it's one game you know it's a tie series we gotta go out there and take care of
3: business
5: Sarah Todd Desert News Don
2: early in the fourth yeah you took that free throw and then you checked out and went back to the locker room it looked like you were maybe uh trying to work that ankle and keep it warm uh did you uh hit it? it sting it a little bit uh what was going on there
6: um, just trying to keep it warm, you know. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. I haven't, like you said, I haven't, like we said, I haven't played in five weeks. Uh, so all my stuff that I've been doing, your ankles warm, you know. Every workout is always a time where you're warm, there's never a time where you're sitting and they're coming back in. So, uh, it wasn't anything bad, you know, it wasn't anything to be weary of. I feel good. Um, you'll see how tomorrow goes, but I think the biggest thing is just trying to make sure I'm, you know, there for my teammates and making sure my body's right, you know, and I think. Um, I understand it may, I go to the back all the time. Um, I think now just all of our games are on national TV. So they caught it, but like I go to the back just to sit there and breathe uh, sometimes. So it's not even about just the ankle. Um, so just know that going forward. All
5: right. Matthew calls AP.
4: Knowing that you weren't going
3: to play 40 minutes tonight, how difficult was it for you to just stay within yourself and not try to do too much?
6: Um, I think that just goes with me just having trust in my teammates. You know, I think the biggest thing is understanding that I'm not going to go out there and, like you said, play 40. You know, I am not may not go out there and have 40, but it's not staying within myself, whether it's scoring. Uh, tonight it was scoring. You know, I didn't have any assists, which is killing me right now. I'm, I'm really not happy about that, but, you know, we got the win. Um, but just trying to find ways to impact the game. You know, sometimes it's just standing on the wing, you know, finding ways to impact the game like getting the steal late, you know, getting the charge, like any way I can impact the game in my minutes, um, I think is the biggest thing for me. Um, and Like I said, when you have teammates like the ones I have, man, it's, it makes it so much easier for myself to go out there and just say, all right, these guys got it. You know, I'm not going to go out there and say, like, you know what I mean, kind of overrule anything. I'm going to go with the flow and continue to to put my imprint on the game in as much as I can. Eric Walden, Salt Lake
5: Tribune.
10: Donovan, Quinn said that, you know, when a guy in your situation who hasn't played in a while comes back, there's kind of a tendency to go out there and want to put their stamp on the game from the outset. Mm-hmm. You had 12 first quarter points, but he said he felt like you were really kind of playing within yourself and letting the game come to you. How difficult was it to not try to be, you know, overly aggressive and, and kind of just go all out in those early minutes? Um, I really started
6: with me before the game, you know, I'm a competitor. I know myself, you know, there are times where I got sped up. I had, I had a moment, you know, where I think I ran into Royce and turned it over. Um, but understanding that you just talking to yourself, I'd never been in this position before. Um, so this is uncharted territory. So I had to find a way to just relax myself, you know, it's easy to go out there and try and hit a home run to start the game, but the game's not won in the first five minutes. You know what I mean? That was my biggest thing. And like I said, when I have the teammates I have, I trust them, you know, being able to get off the ball and being able to trust that they'll find me, I'll find them and they'll make the right plays. You know, that makes my life so much easier um, and understanding that. So um, that was really my mindset, you know, not coming out there trying to do too much because you run a high off adrenaline <laughs> the first quarter and then you got none less for the rest of the game and understanding it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, we're just focused on game by game and quarter by quarter and possession by possession.
5: Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. sports.com.
3: Donovan, a lot of guys, when they come back from injury, talk about the fear of kind of re hurting the ankle or, or knee or whatever it is.
4: Did you have that with your ankle today? Was there some concern about it? Just, you know, the mental aspect.
6: Yeah, th- there's, there's definitely that. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. There's definitely a, a thought, you know, you've never been, you haven't been in this position in five weeks, um, and just kind of going out there, and it's all everything you've been doing has been controlled, you know, it's been controlled uh throughout the workout. So, to kind of go out there in the middle of the playoffs and then go out there and, and try and compete, I think there's definitely a bit of nerves, and that's probably where a lot of the nerves came from outside of that. It's just basketball, you know, but understanding that jumping off the foot, you know, the way I uh, the first for the first time that hard in five weeks, you know, landing, cutting like those, those are the things that you definitely think about, but you know, once you get through the first like two it's like all right I'm good you know you trusted and that was
3: fine
5: Sam Farnsworth, guess LTV
3: uh Donovan obviously um you know Dylan Brooks scored a lot of points in or, well 23 and 28 minutes but one mm-hmm. of the reason why he was limited in his minutes was uh foul trouble early and you were able to draw him into some of those uh, fouls offensively when you are attacking is that how often are you looking for contact to draw that contact and maybe create some of those problems for
6: them? Um You know, it's not even just with him. I think that's just the part of my game that I've tried to elevate, you know, to get into the free throw line more. Um, the guy gave him his props, and he's a hell of a he, – oh, excuse me, he's a hell of a defender. Uh, like, he's 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 really good. So, you're trying to find ways to kind of get around that. You know, it's it's a game plan. People game plan for me, game plan for him. It's, it's how it works. Game plan for Jal. There's always ways to kind of go about it, you know, tonight. He was able to get in foul trouble early, which kind of freed things up. May not be the way next, may not be the way the next game, but you know, just trying to find a way to game plan, you know, players like him who were, who were really good on that end. And you know, at the end of the day, like you said, he had what 23 and 28 minutes, you know, he still went out there in hoops. But understanding that, just trying to manipulate the game in any way possible, whether it's him, it's, it's Bane, it's Ja, it's Kyle, like whatever. Um, that's just pretty much the mindset of the playoffs. I'm just trying to find ways to manipulate the game.
5: Nick Friedel, ESPN.
12: Donovan, you knew you weren't going to play heavy minutes tonight, but you were at 26. Are you expecting that number to grow uh, substantially going into game three now? Um,
6: Honestly, it's really kind of play by ear and kind of feel. Um, I won't I won't come out and say, yeah, I expect to play 35. I don't know. You know, I think the biggest thing is, like I said, how the game goes, how I'm feeling, you know, and trusting my body. Like I said, it's not a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And understanding that you got to trust the, the process in that sense, you know, understanding that you can't go out there and just trying to go full bore, you know, that's how things happen. You know what I mean? Understanding you got to ease your way into things. And tonight was a good start, but, you know, it's 1-1. We got to continue to to build upon that. And that's where my head is at.
5: All right, we have time for one more. Tim McMahon, ESPN.
6: Don Vines, a dude who's had some uh,
1: obviously really big games at a young age in the playoffs. What, what do you think of uh, what you've
6: seen from Josh so far this the series? Um, honestly, it's not surprising. Um, he's he's a gamer. Like he goes out there and goes out there and competes. Um, he called when called upon. He's out there doing what he needs to do. Like last night or. Last game, it was kind of Dylan kind of going off early. And then he found his way in the fourth uh, to start attacking, you know, to be able to, like I said, manipulate the game in that sense. Uh, Tonight, you know, he was aggressive from the jump, you know, so kind of feeling that game out, you know, at a young age, you know, for him to be able to have that uh, is definitely special. Um, And I think that's something that I respect about him and about his game and he doesn't quit. You know he embraces being down twenty. I think he likes likes that more than uh, anything else. You know, what I mean, I think that's something I respect because it's just a competitive nature about him that I that is uh, definitely uh, something that worth noting. Um, I think he had what forty seven tonight, and you know he's got to find a way to make adjustments and make it tougher on him. But you know, when you have a guy that can that can that can go like that, it's definitely impressive, especially at how old he is twenty one, twenty two, and you know he's gonna get better and better. There's Donovan Mitchell in his return. 25
8: points on eight of 19 shooting led the jazz in scoring in his return. Let's wrap up the player sound with Mike Conley.
5: Uh, Sarah Todd desert news will be up first.
2: Mike, how much different is it when Donovan is out there? I mean, not just for the impact that he has on the whole team, but sort of that trickle down effect that he has when you guys start staggering the lineups.
13: Well, yeah, obviously he's a, a tremendous weapon for our team. Um, Similar to how you know, how Rudy is when he rolls and just draws so much attention. Um before a defense, he's the same way. Uh with him and with just him with the ball or him without the ball, just how much people gravitate towards him and, and lanes open up for other players on our team. And um, if he's got it going, it's 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 really tough on teams obviously offensively. So um he's just, you know, just having him around, seeing him smile, seeing him, you know, just leading like he always has, just does so much for for all the guys on the team.
5: Chris McKay, Jazz TV. Well, Mike, congrats on the win. First and foremost, uh, I know this is proving to be a tough series. What is it going to take to win this series?
13: Well, I think um, for us just, you know, we can't give up 30 points and, you know, six minutes, you know, those kind of runs that Memphis is capable of going on. Um, they had that kind of run start the half. Uh, in the third quarter, and um, you know, if we can just continue to you know stay stay locked in defensively and 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 you know limit those those runs, I think we give ourselves a chance to be um, a team that can come out with this series. And and um, you know, just the consistency aspect of it is going to be huge.
5: Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
10: Mike. So speaking of that run, what was it that that kind of changed for you guys defensively? You know, you mentioned the need to stay locked in. What were you guys not doing during that stretch? And and what did you, I guess, did you start doing again at the beginning of the fourth that swung the momentum again?
13: Uh, You know, well, obviously, you know, job, job played unbelievable. Um, Starting that third quarter, he, you know, we had been going under the screens, uh, you know, kind of most of the game. And he stopped and hit, you know, finally shot the three and made it and, we turned it over, and then they came down to score, and they started getting out in transition and getting, you know, more of a, a comfortable getting um, get into, get into an uncom- a comfort zone that they're they're used to being in and accustomed to being in, where they're getting out getting out and playing fast and um, playing free. So um, I think when we can we can get stops, we know we can get down to the other end and, and create some on the offensive end. So um, you know, third quarters can't happen like that. I guess a team like Memphis who who's so good at um, taking advantage of every mistake.
5: Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Mike, your your guys' uh, pick and roll offense was really good tonight. And obviously, you had 15 assists. What were you seeing in terms of the coverages that they were running, and then you know, kind of how much
2: success? How were you so successful on that play? Well,
13: really, they they threw a lot of different coverages. Um, you know, obviously, they've the bigs been back a little bit a couple of times. They blitzed and you know, trapped the ball handler. Um, sometimes they're just up a little bit higher and. Um, in each read, we just, you know, we have went over so many times as a team. Um, me, Rudy, Fave, Don, I mean, all of us have just kind of locked in our mind of, you know, what we're going to see and uh, how we're going to execute in those times. And we just did a really good job of executing all, all five guys on the court uh, in those moments in the pick and roll.
5: All right. Last question. Ben Anderson, KSL
4: Mike, you played all 12 minutes in the fourth quarter. How's the
3: hamstring holding up? And, and did, you know, having the week off helped that.
13: Um, it's it's holding up fine. It's holding up fine. I think having the week off helped a lot. Um, and and getting a little bit more time to recover. Obviously, it you know we're back to playing games again. So eight days off kind of you get a little rusty from the basketball standpoint. But I'm glad we we're able to to you know get these two games out the way and. Um, the hammies held up well, and um, hopefully, you know, I don't want to have to play 12 minutes in the fourth, but I'm, I know I'm capable of doing it, and uh, you know, just continue to, continue to, you know, rehab and
8: um, get ready for game three. There's Mike Conley, 20 points, 15 assists for Mike. He was eight of 16 shooting, three of five from three. Just a spectacular game. But Mike talked about it. They need to be better on defense, particularly in the third. Uh, third quarter where the Grizzlies scored on 15 consecutive possessions. But the Jazz win 141-129 to 129, evening the series at one game apiece. Next broadcast coming your way Saturday night for game number three. That'll tip off at 7.30. Pregame begins at 6.30. 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone.
0: There's the best of the Jazz post-game show. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.
1: Anderson to Morant. On an alley he flushes it home with a reverse jam. Morant with a 40-piece. Conley, off a Gobert pick, working in the pocket. Finds Rudy and another
4: slam dunk for Rudy Gobert. Conley. Driving, to the rack, hooks to the corner to Niang, right side three is offline, loose ball, rebound, off Gobert, picked up by Clarkson, lays it up and in, Jazz by 17. Donovan's got the basketball, he crosses over Brooks, he drives the lane, he goes to the window, he lays it up, it twirls around and
6: around and around and it finally goes in. And Utah's going to even the series in a game apiece.
0: The Utah Jazz survive a 47-point performance from Ja Morant. They beat the Grizzlies 141-129. Donovan Mitchell's back with 25 points, PK. It was a 20-point lead at halftime, and then the third quarter happened, and Jazz fans got scared. That was something from the Grizzlies. 29 points in six minutes. They just blew right back into the game, scoring on every possession for eight minutes.
11: Oh, man. Well, hello, Donnie. Well, hello, Donnie.
0: It's so nice to have you back playing again. You're looking swell, Donnie. Carol Channing, a.k.a. Carol Kinahan, everybody. I can tell, Donnie. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) You're from Jersey. You should be able to do Broadway show tunes and boom, you deliver. Well, yeah, I mean, you're cool if you call him Don. So I Absolutely. I don't like
11: to be in the crowd. I like to be on the outside I'm with you on, on that. My crowd. skin
0: crawls. Call oh, Don. No, spider. So, I'm, no, I'm, well, I'm going Donnie. If you're not going to pool parties with him in the summer, you can't call him Don. How about that? That's the rule. Well. Yeah, it's my rule, and no one else follows it, but that's the rule. I'm a male, so there's no way I'm going. Didn't take him long to get into this game, did it? I knew he's a gamer. I, I'm
11: standing by this statement. calling it way early. When it's said and done, he's going to go you down. You mean
0: at the end of the day? No. Oh. Well, the end of the final day. Yes. The end of the
11: day could be tonight. The end of the final day, and he loves to say the end of the day. And I think he played basketball in New York, too, growing up. Uh, at the end of the final day, he's going to go down. As certainly one of, if not the most clutchy jazz player in the time that I've been here. I really believe that. I think the kid is a gamer and he's got what it takes. I'm not saying that to be popular. My popularity is something that doesn't matter anymore.
0: Don't but, worry. Everything you say here will be attributed to me anyway. So it I don't have matter. to find my way. I've already made my way. Now i got to just keep my way. <laughs> That's
11: my goal is to keep my way. So, I'm not saying it to, to suck up to you people out there listening this morning, although thank you very much for supporting me all these years. I, this is something that I really believe in. And I think he is a gamer, and he has got what it takes. 25 points in 26 minutes. That's just, this is incredible. And his, his energy that he brought, and he's cussing in the beginning. I don't know, we're going to stop. The Jazz are going to force people
0: not to post videos now? Yes! You can't look at Donovan after he scores or when he goes in the hallway. Mitchell Mitchell swears, okay? We're all over it. I'm on his ass, spin around, different camera, I'm on his ass, and then the big one, get him the bleep out of here. Especially in the moment. Swear
11: all you want. In the moment? It's not
0: like he's walking down the street talking to old ladies. And if there wasn't a pandemic, there would have been 18306 Like some kind of chorus and some kind of... but 13 and change. Okay, 13 and change because I don't know the number now. We're right there like, yes, you're the guy we want yelling and cussing. And that's the guy we want you yelling and cussing at. I loved it. Nothing against Anderson and Jackson and Valenshuenis and Morant's really too good and not... Although he's pretty demonstrative. Not demonstrative enough. Brooks is the villain. Everybody else get out of the way. Brooks is the guy. You fans in the crowd started hating him when he was in Oregon, so it's a natural transition. And have Donovan Mitchell hollering at him early in the first quarter was everything people paid to see. Because it is about the winning, but it's also about the drama in the theater. And Donovan gave him both. And he's got that ability to sense the moment, to
11: know uh, what is acceptable and what isn't, and all that stuff. Everyone loves his game. I really believe the best way I could describe him is he is a big time gamer.
0: Jazz got some big-time games out of other people who maybe don't have Donovan's flair and his passion, but nonetheless played a pretty high level of basketball. How about Rudy Gobert? Oh, well, that was pretty good flair on the block at the rim. That was, come on, Ja, bring it. I think that uh, we had Mike Smith, who's doing jazz work
11: now. Uh, we had him on, what, uh, Wednesday, I think, whenever mm-hmm. it was. And he was talking about how you know Rudy, Rudy brings it on the defensive end, but you got to see him bring it on the offensive end. And I thought we saw that the aggressiveness in which he was flying with the dunks. you know he can dunk it because he's so tall, but do it authoritatively. Like there's no way that you're going to knock me off my course. And yeah. even if I get fouled, it's going to be a three-point opportunity, not just a two. I thought that was really something that was visually apparent, the way he would go to dunk. Like you, You're going to need 10 guys to, to bounce me off of where I'm going.
0: He had a couple of lay-ins early in the game, but early in the fourth quarter when the 20-point halftime lead had gotten down to two, he had a couple of dunks early in that fourth quarter that seemed to energize the team, the crowd, get everybody back on track. Leadership with dunks, maybe yeah. it's a little overstated, but it's not a lot of. You know, he's
11: not the best free throw shooter. Obviously, he needs to be better, and he was under 500 or 50 percent last night, three of eight. So those two points become critical because we don't know if we're going to get two points out of him when he goes to the line.
0: So if he's already got the two and he's going for the third, it feels a little more like gravy. Uh, to an extent, yes, yeah, I get your point. It does, but you still in a tight game, you still need the third, right? One. right. So that's why but it's at only least an extent.
11: you got the two in the in, yeah. in your back pocket. And when you're playing at home, you're not only energizing your team, you're energizing the 13,000-plus and everybody else
0: in the building. And I think that matters. It just adds energy. And then you run down on defense, and you're all fired up. Seven guys in double figures. On the night when they had to outscore the Grizzlies, they had a lot of guys hitting. And Mike Conley orchestrating things 20 points 15 assists kind of jumps out at you in the box score that's an awful yeah guys gotta number. make shots and so and guys do have to make shots mm-hmm. and I just wonder I wasn't counting pick and rolls all night but we got David Locke on tomorrow for that I'm just First. wondering how much more of the ball handling he took Mitchell didn't have an assist how much of that is it's you know, killing him on the way those guys played said, said it was killing them. we just played it yeah. and how much of that was uh, that that uh, Conley ran more pick and rolls I don't
10: care. He's the yeah. first Jazz player since Stockton to do a 20 and 15 game. Way to go,
11: Mikey. And you know, for those of you uh, who might criticize the threes, that was the difference cuz they each shot 54%. But the Jazz made 19 of them and uh, Memphis only made eight, eight of them.
0: So that's uh, 11. If those yeah. shots have been twos instead of th- or twos instead of threes, the Jazz pick up 11 points by making them threes and they win by 12. That's a big difference, yeah. There it is. For all the foul trouble the Grizzlies were in, they ended up shooting more free throws. But that goes back to it's not just free throws, it's the timing and the sequencing of the fouls. And Memphis, man, they got a lot of fouls pretty quick. So we've seen two games now dramatically impacted by foul trouble, and the team in foul trouble has lost both times. All right, more in the Jazz game coming up. Your reaction to, I think what we can refer to as an old-school barn burner. We'll get to that next. Bowler will be here at 8.30. Joe Ingles at 9 o'clock.
1: DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Burks the lob, Toppin running the floor, slams it down as they erupt at the garden, and the Knicks lead at 81-75. Obi Toppin end-to-end. Simmons coming right down the court, and dunks it on Westbrook and Beal. Ben Simmons with 16 first-half points. Russell Westbrook left the building, and it looks like he may have had an issue with the fan, not exactly sure, but he was, had to be restrained.
10: I was leaving out, and then I was just seeing so... Popcorn on top of my head, you know. And to be blatantly honest,
6: man, this is getting out of hand, uh, especially for me. Just the amount of disrespect, the
10: amount of just fans is doing whatever the they want to
0: do. It's just out of pocket, Westbrook continued. There are certain things that cross the line. Any other setting, a guy would come up on the street and pour popcorn on my head, you know what happens. Well, then we must label entire, all of Eastern Pennsylvania into the South Jersey, you're all
11: racist. Because, my gosh, that's what would happen if it was done here. Yep. <laughs> and I am not endorsing throwing anything at any player at any time. I don't understand it for the life
0: of me. What in the world would motivate you to do that? You not it's, only must be
11: ejected for the playoffs, you they, must be ejected for every game next season and maybe for life.
0: They did eject him pretty quickly. Yeah, that's Whether ridiculous. they'll suspend tickets the way the Jazz did with the fan here, uh, remains to be seen, but they did eject him right away. The president of the Wells Fargo Center released a statement that said this was classless, unacceptable behavior and we're not gonna tolerate oh, yeah, it at Wells yeah, Fargo yeah. Center. So there may be there may be more coming. Well but yeah that is even, in the heat of the moment
3: it's ridiculous the fan out.
11: to think that well, this is something that I'm going to view
0: as acceptable.
3: What
11: that's just out of control. But you know, I, I do get a little tired when it happens here We've got one it's or two fans. Yeah, yeah, the entire state. We're a bunch right. of racists. And you don't get that anyplace else. But uh, I guess we're much as given, much as respect. expected type of thing. But um,
0: Westbrook, yeah, I mean, people actually do crack on Philly quite a bit. There's Not
11: to this level.
0: No, not to that level. But more than other places. I mean, Philly fans are known. The Eagles fans yeah, are we, known for well, having a courtroom in the sure, stadium. Sure, but we laugh at it. Well, some of that. You're right. Yeah. Look
11: at them. They boo Santa Claus. Ha, ha, yeah. ha,
0: ha. There was a very popular sportscaster in San Diego when I was growing up who actually just retired from calling Padre games this year, but he'd been in Philly and just always Dick ripped Inberg? how fans were there. No. Dick Enberg passed away. It was Ted Leitner.
11: He retired? Why didn't yes. you go for the gig? <laughs>
0: I'm on a different track, PK.
11: No, oh, where well, you can
0: change it in a RPG. You can change it, on, he man. Doesn't, he doesn't do the TV. He he used to do TV and sports talk radio. He's dropped that along the way. What he retired from, the last gig he had out of the five he had, was uh, Padre baseball. And you could do Padre baseball. He had done San Diego State at a time. He had done the, time. the Chargers for a while. You could do the Chargers for a while. He may still do the Aztecs. I'm not sure what's going on with that. It, well, we'll then see. let's get him out and get you in. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, by the way, that game was uh, Wizards uh, getting drilled by the Sixers, one twenty to ninety five. So, well, I mean that day, Look at that great run they had for the play in. That was so exciting. It really was. <laughs> now but now the worked. dream is over because the top three in the East are better than everybody else, and they're showing that in the playoffs. 4-5 series, Knicks down at halftime, rally, and beat the Atlanta Hawks 101-92. So that series is 1-1. Knicks win a playoff game for the first time in eight years.
11: Well, all I cared is that thing didn't go OT. <laughs>
0: let's get it over and get onto the Jazz game already. Because yes, it pushed the Jazz game late by about, and it was at least 20 minutes. Well, to. That's, I was nervous because it was close there. Knicks pulled away a little bit at the end, and I couldn't care less who wins. I just didn't want it to go OT. Let's go, let's go, let's go. So that one is uh, 1-1. Tonight's schedule, Milwaukee trying to go up 3-0 on Miami. That game is at 5-30 on TNT. And then it's the Suns and Lakers. They're in L.A. 8 o'clock tonight, series tied 1-1. That's the TNT doubleheader. Denver and Portland at 8-30 on NBA TV. That series is 1-1. Go (laughs) whomever. Don't care. (laughs) I'll watch eh, it, but whatever. I don't I don't care who wins. Both those games are the side of the bracket. The teams that win those series play each other. Uh, either way, if it was on Jazz's side of the bracket, I don't know that one has an advantage over the other. And a New Jersey real estate mogul, Meyer Orbach, the second largest shareholder in the Minnesota Timberwolves, filed a complaint alleging that the sale is in violation of the franchise's partnership agreement. The complaint includes a significant revelation. Despite Taylor's public statements to the contrary, he has included no provision in the 1.5 billion dollar sales agreement with Lauren Rodriguez that requires the new ownership group to keep the franchise in Minnesota upon taking control of the team, according to an exhibit in the complaint. So,
11: do you think they keep the Timberwolves' names, or they go back to the Sonics?
0: <laughs> Sonics. Okay. If you go to Seattle, it's you got it. You got to wear the green. Space. You got to wear the gold. You got to call them the Sonics. I kept the name. Better see that space needle logo because that's where we're going with this. That does seem like where we're going with this.
11: And I couldn't be more excited. Way to go! That's great. You obviously you don't know Bob Dylan like I do.
0: The folks of Hibbing are going to be pretty upset when they lose their wolves. And I
3: know three people from Hibbing, Minnesota. I would
0: I would rather they just expand and put a new team in there. Robert Dylan playing this shell game and moving to Kevin McHale and Brian Falk but it's a lucrative shell game so I won't be surprised if they keep playing it DJ and PK
1: hashtag NFL should we just make it real should we just say hey we're
3: done we're riding off into the sunset I mean is that is do you want it to be live on your show that Vinny's officially done is that what you want
11: I don't want that but if it's going to happen happy yeah. it's happening yeah
4: I would like that to be known so uh, don't feel obligated don't be, feel forced Put it this way. Hey, let me see. Today is what? Wednesday. By Friday, if paperwork goes in, you heard it you heard it here first.
0: Kicker Adam Vinatieri, the NFL's all-time scoring leader, announced Wednesday on the Pat McAfee show he's retiring after 24 seasons. Scored more than 2600 points, kicking first for the Patriots, then for the Colts. Bill Belichick calls him the greatest kicker, the greatest kicker who made the greatest kick. What's the greatest kick? Well, that's the funny thing is he made a bunch of big kicks, and I don't know the bill elaborated. He uh, won a couple Super Bowls with last-second field goals, and he kicked that in the snow game, the tuck rule game, in the snow with the Raiders uh, to get him to a Super Bowl. That was a tremendously clutch kick in the snow and the cold and the wind. So, Yeah, 48 years old, he kicked at SDSU.
11: That's very impressive for which, those of you. Which
0: SDSU? Well, the only one that matters. And that would be? South Dakota State. Jack South that, Dakota State. That hurt, man. You didn't go there. Why'd sure that hurt me? Because I liked him, and you know that. You didn't like whoever you He Did liked. it on purpose. Well, he went to SDSU. He also The went only to the, one uh, that matters. That was the part. He went freshman. to West Point, but I think he only
11: lasted a few weeks before he I'm
0: left. I'm out. I'm going to the NFL. I don't need to be on active duty. I'm going to make money. Well, you didn't know that at the time, I don't think. You think? was a freshman? Don't know what he knew. <laughs>
11: Started in the, the World League of American Football. Forty-eight years old—that's very really impressive.
0: NFL and Players Association agreed to a salary cap ceiling of two hundred eight point two million dollars. It could still come in lower, but that's the highest it's going to be—two hundred eight million. So,
1: DJ and PK, hashtag Major League Baseball. Ward. 3-2 pitch. There's a shot deep to right field, way back there. Goodbye! It's caught in the bullpen by Jake
3: McGee. And the Giants are ahead 5 to 4. Swinging a ground ball base hit right field Rays win. Rays win on a base hit to right by Manuel Margot. It took 10 innings, but the Rays have beaten the
11: Royals
0: 2-1. Highlights from Major League Baseball, the Rays win again. The Padres, the Giants, the Dodgers, two out of three win. Padres 2-1. You heard the Giants with the eighth inning winner there as they beat the Diamondbacks 5-4. Padres 2-1 in 10. And the Astros hit three homers and beat the Dodgers 5-2, so the Dodgers dropping a game to the other two in the hyper-competitive National League West. Think all three of those teams are getting in? Anybody going to fade? I mean, they're all playing over 600 ball, which sets you up for a wild card, but we're coming up on the 50-game mark, so that leaves more than, what, 110 to go? 113 to go. I think Padres have played 50, and the other guys are on 49 games. Anybody incapable of doing this? Dodgers have already taken injury hits and are still sustaining it. Eh, Padres to a lesser degree.
11: Uh, Let's see. Uh, Well, already, if you go the Dodgers and Giants, they have a a three-and-a-half game lead on the wild card. And
0: their run differential backs up their record, so it's not a case of fluke. They've been hot, eking out one-run wins.
11: Uh, Let's see. The Dodgers are plus 76, Uh and the Giants are plus 56.
0: Yeah, and the Potters plus 80. And those are the three best records and the three best run differentials. The next team at plus 20 is the Cubbies in the National Who are the team that is three and a half back. So I'd say there's a good chance. Yeah. Uh, injury news. The Yankees put their first baseman Luke Voigt right oblique strain on the injured list and pitcher Corey Kluber. He is, Kluber's expected to miss at least two months through a no-hitter last week. Yeah. Taken out after three innings on Tuesday. Not feeling good. Said it started in his bullpen warm-up session. So that's a that's a hit there here. Losing him end of May. Well, when he threw the no-hitter, it wasn't a hit. Too much. Oh, very well done. Very well played. <laughs> Excellent observation. So, kiss June and July goodbye. Maybe see him the 1st of August. Yeah, that's a significant blow. And Voigt started, I think he started the season
11: on the injured list, too. So, he's had some injury issues for the uh, Yankees
0: there. But, yeah, these injuries matter. Marcelo Marcel Ozuna. Six weeks, fractured his middle and ring fingers while sliding into third base Tuesday night. Would you like to give a lecture that has been given many times?
11: We're having a discussion with Vance Law that when he was coaching at
0: BYU, he
11: forbade his players from going face first, hands first, because that's what happens. So go feet first.
0: Braves taking a hit there as they lose Zuna yeah, for six he's, weeks. He's a nice player. Bees open a six-game series against the Round Rock Express tonight at Smith's Ballpark. First pitch is set for 630. We've got a four-pack of tickets to give away to tonight's game on the show today. If you don't win them, you get your tickets at slbees.com or listen to the action right here on the Zone Sports Network with the voice of the Bees,
11: Steve I think, uh, I think tonight Lowkey. is uh, Thirsty Thursday, right? Yeah. You are correct. Budweiser, Thirsty Thursday, $3 drinks, and then they're up in the capacity and all that. Full capacity beginning this homestand, and they are here throughout the entire holiday weekend. As you said, with the Round Rock Express, this thing goes through Tuesday, June 1st, their homestand.
0: Everybody cutting down on travel. We've seen it in the NBA with the two games in three days. Uh the Jazz have done that a couple times. They went to L.A. for a trip like that. They had the uh, Grizzlies here for uh, something like that. Everybody in the league's been doing it at one time or another. And in uh, the minor leagues, you've gone to these six-game series now. To yeah. uh, why fly to a city three times that to play a four-game sense. series? Would you could go twice for six games and not travel so much? Yeah, I mean, save every, some every, money.
11: Everyone's a better quality of ball. You better think. quality players, fresher. You would think. Yeah. Tomorrow is uh, Utah Jazz Purple Mountain SL Hat Giveaway. The first 1,500 fans presented by Zions Bank. Military Appreciation Saturday. And then Sunday matinee. Safe in the Sun Day presented by University of Utah Health. How about that? And Memorial Days of Matinee.
0: So, they got any, uh, they mention anything about fireworks one way or another? We were wondering about oh, that yesterday. you got
11: Joe Adele on your
0: team, you got fireworks right there, buddy. What is trending is brought to you by <laughs> Shamrock Plumbing. There is no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call Shamrock Plumbing at 801 295 1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Craig Bowler Jack 830, Joe Ingles, 905. And at 8 o'clock, PK. Olivia Taylor. We do not have a lot of Bear River High School outfielders on the show. But Olivia has been getting a little pub going viral. She's Olivia? going
11: OT. Yeah, Olivia Taylor. Yeah, I've seen her. make. She made the catch that carried her beyond the center field fence. Probably about, what, 5, 10 it's, yards over? Yeah, it takes her. She sure. crashed into the ground. I've seen the play on ESPN. I've seen it multiple times on MLB Network. And it was a phenomenal play. There's just no question about it. I'd say it's the second best catch I saw in person next to Willie Mays in 54, was it? 51? I don't
0: remember. It was in 51, and you don't remember because <laughs> you didn't see it because you weren't born because you're not 80 years old. Okay, but how do you know up there? In the before times? I'm only
11: going to go on what you guys believe.
0: And All so right. Maybe I the s- greatest catch of I pre- seen it pre- up there. existence. Maybe I've
11: seen it up there. Maybe I said, hey, big guy, did you see that play?
10: Hang out at the polo grounds. Maybe, maybe you
11: were the angel in the outfield.
10: Love we'll Olivia Taylor at 8 o'clock.
11: I thought we'd have some fun with her on that catch. and, uh, and I want to know who's going to play her in the movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, 40 minutes till we find out who plays Olivia in the movie. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 in the zone. Question of the day. All about the Jazz. What a game. What an offensive explosion. Your reaction to Game 2. Coming up next. Stay with us.
1: The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson.
8: David Locke is with us. By the way, a traffic report here on 97.5 ninety-seven point
4: five, twelve eighty zone. If anyone's trying to go south on I fifteen, coming out of downtown, choose an alternate route. Immediately not head good. to two fifteen and wrap around the other way because there is a massive backup on I fifteen. Again, with your Metro traffic report, I'm David Locke You didn't go general um, gridlock, on yeah, it, David? Was I general. Go general gridlock. We are good
0: to go by the dawn's early light.
1: That is wow. That is good great. Memory. That is awesome. I forgot oh, about general gridlock. Man. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, in the Zone Sports Network.
0: Hot Takes or Toes brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Check out the bold new lineup of Jerry Seiner Cadillac. It's definitely not your grandpa's Cadillac. Question of the day. Wow, what an offensive explosion. Give us your reaction to game two. That's really not a Question. Okay, what is your It's reaction? a demand. Give us your reaction to game two. The speaker said, what now? is your reaction? <laughs> 855-340-ZONE, old school on the phone. Or, because you don't want to wait on hold, just grab your phone, use the app, use the open mic feature, send us your take, we'll get it on the air. I thought it was
11: exactly what these guys needed. Now, I didn't expect that type of explosion offensively from both teams, so that was a little surprising. But that's precisely the game that I wanted. I wanted them to come out and see Mitchell in his familiar role, which he was, and uh, have a nice lead. But I didn't want it to be a blowout. I wanted wanted them to be challenged because I think that's like the best experience for you to keep your edge and not thinking, oh, well, we got our guy back, man. We're just going to roll. So we saw with Memphis just scoring virtually at will in the beginning of the third quarter and extending virtually the whole quarter for that matter I mean, it was just 15 amazing. Fifteen straight possession. Yeah, and, 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 to open. To, to open, open the court. The court. Right. And they missed. They only missed like two shots, but they got the offensive correct board times. and scored yep, correct. on those. It was just it was staggeringly incredible to watch them. And John Moran is just a the player. There's no doubt about it. And the thing about him, he's wildly athletic and can hang and has hang time and all. But he's also crafty. Normally when we say crafty, we think of somebody who's unathletic well because he can sort of pick his way and pick his spots and get to where he wants to go and yep. and and so that that's a that's a Got to have a brain for the game in that situation, too. And so he certainly appears to have that because he's not just relying on his incredible athletic ability, which he has, too, but he also has the wherewithal and the smarts to read the D and figure out where he needs to be and get his shots off. And it's very, very impressive in that way, obviously, when you're scoring that many points and getting the line that many times. But I thought, for the Jazz perspective, this is precisely what they needed. They needed a hard fought game. And they needed to get some reinforcement. They're really good when they're doing what they're doing. They're good. Clarkson still can't buy a three. The only one he made, well, I think he banked him. He I did. Know, I know he banked, but I think he's only he's like one of 14 one yep, of 15 or something. Yep,
0: that's it. One for six after yeah. an 0 for eight. Well, that's great. That's good news because the tide's going to turn on that. At he's got to make a second one at some point. Yeah,
11: I think he will. And so he got
0: himself and, to the line though, and that's you got to love that. And that's what I wanted. And that's what I
11: said the uh, yesterday, or uh, I guess it was Monday now. Uh, because they played Sunday, is that I was surprised that Bogdanovich was not doing what we'd seen him do the entire time Mitchell was out and getting down low and trying to all Barkley-style back his man down and then using his ability, probably his height advantage, to get shots, and we saw that early. I would have liked to have seen that early on Sunday, but we saw it early last night, and I think that's important for him because he's established himself as that. So go ahead and use that because it's a weapon and it's a skill that you have available to you.
0: Okay, so I thought watching the game that uh, you were thinking this, you had talked about it, and so I just wondered, did you call Quinn and tell him, or did (laughs) Quinn call you and say... This is the adjustment we have made. Talk about it, but don't use my name. Or you read basketball for dummies, forwards and backwards, and now you just think like NBA coaches, and you don't actually have any communication with them. Which is it, A, B, or C? D, none of the above. Oh, man. I
11: went from a much higher power than Quinn Snyder. I did have a couple holes with Drain Wade. There it is. snuck on the back (laughs) nine, huh? Hey, Dwayne, what's hey, up? Hey, Dwayne, mind if I play through? You laugh, but there's going to be a time I'm going to tee it up
0: with Dwayne Wade. That a kid. And you know how you're going to do it, too. You're going to be the one because Dwayne Wade wants to golf with Mike Weir. And you're going to use your connections and make it happen. So we're, hey, I'm the fourth i I'm it's, right now. It's going to happen. See, you scoff at
11: me. You see, and both of you both of you scoffed at me. There's when no I, scoffing. I called well, it. You of of won't you deny you.
0: it because you know that's the card you're going to have to play no, to make it happen. Yeah, to
11: yeah, be yeah. clear, I didn't scoff. I said I just want in on the force. No, you scoffed. Both of you scoffed when I knew you're know
0: like Jordan. You're making stuff up. When now. I
11: never learned the text line, you scoffed at me. That's true, but that's different. And, We're and not I scoffing. Turned now. out at the end of the text line, I was right. Hey, six four six three six to you, buddy. Still don't know it. Keyword zone and then your message. And we don't have it anymore. <laughs> I was right on that. I'm going to play golf one day with Dwayne Wade. You mark my mother say, mark, mark my, my words. words. And I thought, oh, brother, here <laughs> Not you go. on. A bag of hot air if you wonder where I got it from. It was her all the way. The Italian, the little the Italian pistol. That's what she was. <laughs> You know, Bill Parcells is half Irish, half Italian. Uh, I've heard that a time or two. You might have brought that up. His mother's name was Ida. I think I did
0: know that because I think you brought it up <laughs> once a long time ago. So
11: was mine. Yeah, <laughs> that I'm sure she was a pistol too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah, she's quiet and laid back. Yeah. If there so was I, like one the be- I haven't met one yet. She so like to go to the beach with an umbrella and a book, and not talking. Not out of my day. family.
11: <laughs>
9: <laughs> so
11: I think that uh, this is what this team needed. And it got the job done. Now it's just one, you know, and they're not resting by any stretch. But I didn't necessarily need to have a sign of hope, but I got it in spades, man. And I'm real fired up for
0: these next two games. They
11: get at least one, if not both.
0: I agree that they get at least one. Is it more likely that they win both or neither? Yeah, probably the both. I don't really see him going there and losing twice.
11: Well, if you put it that way, that's I would go in that direction too. But that's sort of a made up question.
0: Yeah, uh, but I don't discount Memphis, you know, because I never dis, did, that, did. discount I think that. the I think the split is most likely. They've got players. I think the split is always most likely. I just think all the people who picked the Jazz in five are thinking, I didn't know, I didn't know you were going to bench Mitchell right there before game one and lose that one and give it away. Right, but that's over now. Yeah. So uh,
11: and he's back and. And he said he uh, he'd last night he would see how he looked, to, to, to how it felt uh, today. But, you know, they've got uh, a couple of days off. So as long as it's not broken, <laughs> he's probably going to play on uh, on Saturday. So, I mean, it's not a quick turnaround. They have a couple of days off. The Lakers and the Suns have gone every other day, but the Jazz and Grizzlies aren't. They don't go every other day until, uh, I know, they play Saturday, Monday.
0: The Saturday, Monday, Wednesdays. Yeah. So at that Friday, point, 7, so once, we, yeah, once we
11: get to game four, so that gives him a nice couple of days to uh, relax and rehab, whatever he needs to do. So certainly in my mind and I think in everyone else's mind, he's playing Saturday, and uh, it's, it's looking up for them because Memphis is going to give him a test. So these guys have an edge, and that's good because I think that uh, the, the more you can succeed when you're tested, the better off you're going to be. Because I think this is the way it's going to be, uh, however long this lasts. First round, second round, third round, NBA Finals. I think they're going to face a test the entire way. Because there's a lot of quality teams in the West, and we know whoever comes out of the East, if they should get that far, that will be a test too. So the more tests you can pass the better off you're going to be.
0: Well, the only series that aren't quality tests are the ones that the 1, 2, and 3 seeds in the East are playing right now. Right, and they get taken they're, they're pummeling people. Because there's
11: a big difference in yeah. talent from the top to the bottom. I don't think there's a significant difference in the talent level. I think the Jazz have more talent. Memphis has talent. Memphis is one of these teams I've been talking about all season that virtually any game, you look at any team, and they've got players that can go
0: off. They just don't have enough of them. Yeah, but they got one more than they had most of the season because Jackson only played 11 games, and now he's back. Yeah, I don't know that he can go off, but
11: but he's a nice player for them, and he's got some size and and whatnot. So, yes, uh, that's the reason why I thought that they would be more dangerous than the Warriors because the the Warriors that you were facing were intact. They really hadn't had anybody. You can argue they lost players now maybe that ended up helping them when they lost players, but nevertheless, they were who they were, whereas Memphis getting Jackson back was going to be a significant addition to their lineup. He's a high pick and a starter and all that stuff, and Morant clearly has upped his game. And he's loving his national breakout, so to speak, uh, right now, uh, and he's phenomenal. Yeah, nothing more you can say beyond that, but the Jazz have more of that. They have more firepower than the uh, Grizzlies have at this time.
0: We always talk about the uh, baseball stats. You know, something will happen, and then ESPN's research department or Elias Sports Bureau or somebody comes up with the last time, and these records for things we didn't even know were records. John Morant set a record for most points in a playoff game by a player before the age of 21. Cool. Did you even know there was such a thing? I didn't. LeBron at 45, and he got 47. And he's only the fifth guy to get 40. Magic in the finals and greatest game by an individual player ever in the history of the sport. Tracy McGrady's on the list with a big game early, so there you go. So jaw historic, and yet the Jazz survive it and win. Although I did hear, uh, you know, the post game show, and then they got uh, the overtime post game show. And, uh, and they were talking about uh, this is shades of what happened with Jamal Murray. So how many more of these does John Morant have in him? You wouldn't think somebody's going to average 47 points, but if he's got one or two more breakouts like this in it, the Jazz survived it at home last night, but this could be what powers Memphis to a second win or a third win. And the longer they're in the series as an underdog, the more confidence they get, yada, yada, we know the storyline.
11: Well, Demetrius is a player. There's no question about that. That's his real first name, Demetrius. But the Jazz can match that and exceed that, which is what they did. I like that Memphis tested them.
0: All right, DJ and PK, we got to take a break. Your feedback coming up. Grab your phone. Use the open mic on our app, and you can send Yak your audio. We'll get your take. Game two, Joe Ingles is here at 9.05 this morning. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone.
1: Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Dylan Brooks back cut to Morant going to dunk on Gobert, and he gets eviscerated at the rim. The block, the fast break the other way. DJ and PK
0: brought to you in part by Christian Roberts Mortgage. If you're going to work with an expert for your next home loan, you need to connect with the most preferred lender in Utah, Christian Roberts Mortgage. They specialize in jumbo loans. All right, there was John Morant going to the rim, getting blocked by Rudy Gobert. Highlight of the game. Certainly a nominee, if not the pick. PK, there were several plays that weren't as glamorous that made me think of You because you are coaching this team from afar like some kind of puppeteer pulling the strings. What'd you got? The two-point shots. You spoke of them briefly in the last segment. Jordan Clarkson, easy to look in the box score and see as 1-for-6. He's now 1-for-14 for the series. But 3-for-5 on two-pointers and 7-of-7 seven seven at the free-throw line to get his 16 points. Um, a little jaw, Morantish, again, a guy athletic enough To get by you and get into the paint, but a guy who reads all the angles, sees all the space, and rarely misses a beat when you give him a mistake and give him, when you make a mistake and you give him a little daylight. Oh, yeah. They usually find a way to use it. And uh, Jordan is super crafty that way. Yes. Yes. But both guys not short on athleticism. You know, the crafty left hander, the old vet. Demetrius has more of it, but yes. And then also Bogdanovich, one for five from three, but six of eight on the two-pointers and three of four at the free throw line to get his 18 points. And those are two of the seven guys who got into double figures, and they did it by, I mean, you expect Favors and Gobert to give him stuff inside, and they did, but I thought the lines on those two guys jumped out, and, and Conley was five of 11 with his array of, he got the layup to start the game, and he's got his floater, too, so. A lot of two-pointers to be had, although the headline is 19 of 39 from three. They're back, baby. Well, that's the
11: best of both.
0: Which Which is is how you get to 141 points. Yeah. Which is an outrageous number.
11: And that's how explosive they are. I mean, they're capable, and this is probably on the high end, but they're capable, particularly in the playoff, but this is what they're capable of doing. Uh, And they got to find ways to slow down Memphis a little bit better. Uh, That third quarter was something that I don't think I've ever witnessed. Uh, Against this Jazz current group of team guys on this team to just see this basically score at will every single time, (laughs) but I thought it was awesome too though that you got pushed
0: And and you fought back.
11: Yeah, and then you withstood the barrage, which is what it was. Quinn Snyder called it an onslaught, and that's obviously accurate. But there was no dropping of heads and body language and like, oh my gosh, we've got to win this game and now this lead went from twenty two down to two. Oh, this is panic time! Blah blah. I didn't sense any of that. I sensed that all right, we're still very very confident in here, and probably because we got our guy back. You know, might have been different if we didn't have our guy, but we got our guy. And the guy is Donovan Mitchell, obviously. And, you know, he eases the pressure in a lot of different ways. And Snyder talked about that with him out on the floor, how much he eases the pressure on everybody. So I really love the way they responded after Memphis, probably offensively, I you know, watching many of their games, but the best they've ever played under this group because it's a new group that they've got here going forward and you just got together in their second year. And and last year was so funky, it, you know, you can understand it didn't produce what it's producing this year. They're growing as a team, and it's probably the best they've ever played during a, a stretch of time offensively. But the Jazz withstood it and answered back, and that's what I like. I like that they were tested. It just didn't come easy. It came with an effort that you had to put forth to get where you were. And I think that bodes well
0: going into Saturday night. Well, when you go to clutchiness, which you've referenced on Donovan a couple times, you know, in the toughest moments, you expect your best players, your all-stars, the guys getting the max money to come up big and to come up big on the offensive end of the floor. Not to underestimate the defense, but NBA players, when they get in a zone, they get in that borderline unstoppable realm. So you got to be able to score because it's hard to lock another team up for three, five, ten possessions in a row. you got to be able to score. And in the start of the fourth quarter, everybody's nervous. It's a six-point game, and Gobert gets a dunk, and Gobert gets another dunk, and Mitchell gets a three-point play. And it's a 7-0 run, and the All-Stars are finishing, and the league goes back to 13. And having watched the 20-point league go away, I don't think everybody relaxed. But the thing in the back of a lot of people's minds, and certainly in mine and probably yours, it's the Jazz have playoff experience, and Memphis doesn't. Now, this argument may be flipped on its head in a subsequent round, assuming the Jazz get there. But right now, those moments are new to a lot of Memphis players. And there are bigger moments to come for the Jazz, but these moments aren't new to the Jazz. This series actually feels a lot like that Denver series in the bubble. Certainly it was in the bubble, so there's a lot of differences too. But high-scoring affairs, guys just catching fire and being unstoppable. Jamal Murray did it. Donovan Mitchell did it. High-scoring games... I thought this kind of resonated. The Jazz, been there, done that. They know about it. Memphis didn't. And I think maybe we saw a little bit of that in the fourth quarter. Also, it's just a traditional, hey, one team had a run, and you can't sustain this. I mean, they scored on every possession for eight minutes. You know, you're not going to score on every possession for 24 minutes. They were on pace. There was a, Quinn called a timeout, like 8.45 or something left. And so they had 15 points in three minutes. That's a, who has a 60-point quarter? That's the pace they're on. And Fox is, I I'm it's Channel Two. Dave Fox is like, well, they got seventeen points, dude. I'm like, yeah, but they got the other one right before the timeout here at eight forty five. He called you, dude. Yeah, he did. He dropped a dude on me. Okay. And so, probably, maybe, I don't know. For the purpose of the story, sure, he did. And so they had twenty nine points at the six minute mark. I mean, it kept going. You're like, are they really? Now it ended up being a forty three point quarter, but they had to they had to get a hold of that thing on defense. That was an amazing run, but really unsustainable because teams don't put up sixty point quarters. Wouldn't think so. All right, DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save a 1000 bucks. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Craig Bowlerjacks coming up in half an hour at 830. Joe Ingles at the top of the 9 o'clock show. Stay with us. DJ and PK brought to you in part by ARUP. ARUP needs your help. Donating blood before a long weekend is critical. Please donate blood over the Memorial Day weekend. Call to make an appointment today at 801-584-5272 or online at utahblood.org. ARUP needs the Zone's listeners to step up and donate today. That's ARUP. Time now to welcome in Olivia Taylor, Bear River High School senior outfielder, Whose catch is going viral, or has gone viral. Olivia, good morning. How are you? We're doing well. How are you? Are you getting tired of talking about the catch?
2: No, it's fun. I I enjoy it.
11: (laughs) So I want to know, Olivia, who's going to play you in the Hollywood movie? Oh,
2: I don't know.
0: Oh come on, give us, give us like three nominees, and then we'll have casting finish Who's it off. Who's
11: your favorite actress?
2: Uh, I don't really have one.
0: All right, PK, you're on a quest. Then you're gonna have to do this by yourself. Well, let's see. How tall are you?
2: About like five eight and a half.
11: Yeah, man. So you're fairly tall. You're super athletic. So we'll have to we'll have to figure out somebody who can do that. Some young lady. So that ball is hit, right? And you go back. Did you have any idea that you were near the fence and were going to tumble? What I don't know. 5, 10 yards uh, over the fence.
2: Um. Actually, before each inning, I like I go to the back of the fence on whatever field I'm at and count my steps to where I normally stand. So when balls like that happen, I do have, like, a decent idea. Like, obviously, I don't know the exact, oh, I'm gonna at the fence right now, but I at least have an idea of where, like, I place myself. So I did have a semi-decent idea, I would say, when I was going back to the fence, but it kind of just all happened at once. I mean, I didn't plan on jumping over and taking five yards past the fence. <laughs>
0: So that one, the camera angle is perfect to show what you did there and what you had to do to make the play. Have you jumped over a fence or crashed through one before, or was this brand-new territory for
10: you?
2: Um, I have, but I haven't done it to that extent, if that makes sense. I mean, I've had a couple where I've been able to rob a home run on a fence like that, but it it wasn't nearly as far out placed as that one was.
11: All right, so you make this play, and in the world of social media – It just goes out there, as DJ said, and you become this instant celebrity. And I've seen it on ESPN. I've seen it multiple times in the afternoon. I go home around 2, 3 o'clock, and I turn on Baseball Network to catch up on what's going on. And they have played it multiple times there, too. So how much stuff have you done as far as media interviews since you made that catch?
2: Um, I've done a couple. I did... ESPN the first day and then I was on MLB Central yesterday and then I'll be on like a play ball segment later this week. So I've done quite a I'd say quite a few um of those bigger ones that was really cool and a cool opportunity. And so, then just the other interviews like this one.
11: So who's booking them? Are you going
0: through are they going through your agent or what?
2: Oh no, they're just calling me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so for people of a certain age getting on SportsCenter for something they did was unthinkable now in the age of social media all that video is so accessible it's happening all the time does it feel right. special are other people and I don't know if you got you know, extended family or friends of the family or whatever you know, to somebody who's 40 or 50 there was a time this could never happen but to someone who's high school now it's, it's just a day that ends and why how, are you, how special does all this feel
2: uh, it's crazy. It's just crazy how fast it's blown up. I've had like that first day when we we weren't even home, or we had just gotten off the bus from our state tournament, and people were like, "Oh my gosh, you're on SportsCenter," and I was just like, "Don't joke with me. Like that's not funny." And then they actually showed it to me, and I was like, "Holy crap, I'm on SportsCenter." <laughs> 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 and it, was just, it went viral from that night, like till the next morning, and it had gone on like 12 different things.
11: So how sweet is it then? You make that catch, you become this little mini celebrity and your team keeps winning
2: yeah it, it, it's been so cool i i've loved it it's it's crazy how fast it went viral and just all the support i'm getting is so nice and i'm so super blessed for it
0: so you're a senior are you thinking about keep keep playing or does it with seniors does it end with hoisting the state title which by the way that would be an <laughs> awesome way to end it What what are you thinking
2: uh, I'm going to actually go play up in Twin Falls, Idaho, at the College of Southern Idaho, CSI. It's a two-year college.
11: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go
2: play softball up there for them.
0: Okay. you play any other sports?
2: I do play basketball.
0: You all done with that, or are you going to do double duty for them?
2: Uh, no, I'm, I think I'm done with that. I like softball a little bit more, I think.
0: Anything
11: that you had done prior uh, that uh, was uh, maybe in the same ballpark as this, so to speak.
2: Um, not like going viral or anything. Probably my other better catch this year was we played Farmington, and I there was a line drive shot hit at me, and their field probably had a little bit bigger of a fence than the one that I played on for that state tournament. But it was just right over the top of my head, and I ended up diving backwards and caught it. So Who's- that was a fun catch that I had there. Who filmed this? Do you know? Um, I don't, I don't know if they got a film of it in Farmington or not. But
11: no, I'm talking about the one. Was it just a fan? Was it a TV station? Oh,
2: I think it, I think it was KSL. I'm pretty sure that there was. So there's that like Bear River Live group that always films our games that also got a film. But the one that's that close up that's been going viral, I think, is KSL.com. But I could be wrong. Oh,
11: okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I see it. Yeah, it does say it on the bottom now. So Yeah, that, it
2: seemed like there was a guy out there the whole game with that big camera, oh, okay. so I think that was him. Yeah. But he well, got a really good angle of it.
11: Yeah, absolutely. It looked like he was standing almost like right
0: there.
2: Yeah, no, I thought he was behind the fence the majority of the game, so I think he was just out there, and that happened to be when he was paying attention.
0: It would have it only been better if he just crashed into the camera. That always makes everything more, <laughs> more dramatic when you just run the thing right, over. Right, right. Yeah. How was the fall on the ground? Because you hit the ground pretty hard.
2: Yeah, um, in the moment, it was more so an adrenaline rush, and I was just so excited that I caught the ball, so I didn't really pay attention to it. But the next day, my back and neck were super super <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh, that's, by, that's why Bear River's got a team chiropractor, right? This is, this is why you've got that.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah.
11: Well, it's just absolutely awesome that you made that play and you're doing all these interviews. Is it something that, you know, it's been a little bit now, And you pinch yourself and thinking, wow, man, this really happened to me.
2: Yeah, it's just crazy. I thought after that first night, I was like, oh, it's not going to get bigger than this. And it just has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger each day. So your parents worried you got a big head now? No, I don't think so. I think they're just excited (laughs) for me.
0: Cool. Well, Congratulations. Congrats Thank on the catch, you. congrats on the state title, and thanks for taking a few minutes to uh, to join us. You probably have to go back to class, except you're a senior, so maybe you don't have oh, to go no. back School's to class. Over.
2: Oh, no, you're good. I haven't even started school yet.
0: There it is. Oh, she's probably got interviews to do. Yeah, more I mean, interviews. <laughs> you All right. Well, thanks for having me. All right,
2: really
0: thanks, Olivia. It. All right, Olivia Taylor, Bear River High School senior outfielder. And, and it, I, it is that time, be. depending on what uh, what district you're in. Uh, Some might be done now, and others are wrapping up, and others will wrap up next week. Well, I can tell you Brighton, Jordan, and... The Canyons district all done?
11: Corner Canyon. No, not all of them, but the three of them were. Because Corner Canyon wanted to get so loud that they could hear them all the way at Brighton. And Brighton, at the end of it, did some fireworks, and the dog got a little nervous.
0: Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, dear.
11: (laughs) And... I had family members at both, so I got reports on Corner Canyon and Brighton. Everything you need to know, I'm your guy. Because <laughs> I had an old lady at Corner, and I had a kid at Brighton. Why well, I stayed home and watched the jazz.
0: Well, Granite, uh, I think the Granite District's wrapping up next week, so it's uh, the time is upon us, whether it's uh, a couple days past or a couple days in the future. It's a great time of S- year. School is out, and it's go time for the summer.
11: School! Fall! Soma!
0: That, was, that, that wasn't that bad right that's there. That's one of your better was, ones. Yeah, it was, it was. Well, that's Vinny.
11: You know him as Alice Cooper. <laughs> but I know him as Vinny. Cortez High School, Phoenix, Arizona. Where my wife actually coached freshman basketball. Told you the story. End of quarter. Roll the ball. Girl rolled the ball. Nobody on either team picked it up and rolled 94 feet all the way out the other end. Oops! <laughs> Alice Cooper, a great golfer.
0: Hardcore golfer.
4: Have mm. told you guys my dad played with Alice Cooper?
0: No. Yeah. When he missed a putt short, did your dad say, nice putt, Alice? <laughs> no. He got teamed up with him in some team event, and Ellis Cooper, of course, he
4: plays in all these celebrity pro-am deals. And
0: He's been here for the Hunter, Huntsman Cancer thing. Yeah. We were up there broadcasting live, and yeah. he was in the golf shop buying something because it was cold.
4: Yep, my
13: pop said he was a pretty fun dude to actually play with.
11: Yes, he loves his golf. He had a, a restaurant uh, just uh, between the Suns Arena and the uh, Diamondbacks Ballpark. I think he, it's not there anymore, but he called it Cooperstown. Yep, Cooperstown. Been there for uh, a few times. It's not there anymore, but yeah, he's a big time sports fan. It's a great time of year to have school out, Jazz in the playoffs, a lot of things happening. Weather obviously getting a lot better. Memorial Day weekend is here. You don't love life now? When will you take advantage of it, man? Just wallow in it, wallow
0: in the Jazz victory. The W one yeah. one going to Memphis. Still pressure. Still tension. Uh, So what? Minnesota. Minnesota. That makes it sweeter. Memphis Memphis has a lot of hope after two games. Uh,
11: They should. And they'll have a lot of hope next year, too. I mean, they're a nice young team. They should. Uh, But you want that. If it it comes easy, it just doesn't mean as much. It's like I said, these high school all-star teams where these kids all go and and you win the title. Well, what do you do? You're expected to win the title. You can jump up and down on that. Come on. They do. But 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 if you do it, and you weren't expected, or it's hard to do, I think it means more. They ever want a title here? I really believe that whatever LeBron accomplishes in Los Angeles wouldn't pale would pale in comparison to what if the Jazz were to do it here. So you got the best player, and you got. Arguably the best uh, big man player in the league. And you teamed up and you won a title. Oh, good for you. What did you do? But here, it means more. Don't know that they're going to do it. And now that they've had, in a sense, we may look back and this loss that they had the other night. Maybe something that will help them focus and be intense and all. There's certainly no reason to take anything for granted now because if you want to argue home court is a deciding factor, Memphis obviously has an advantage there. I mean, to me, if the Jazz can't win in Memphis, Tennessee, they're not going to win a title. I think they're very well capable of winning, if not one, two games there. So let's see what they got, man. You know, they Jerry Sloan. Now we see what they're made of type of thing. And, and Jerry's influence on this franchise is literally going to live forever. And certainly for me anyway, because we, he did so many interviews over the years. And that's what he would say. So, yeah. And so they responded to the first test. Now they've got some more tests to go. And they've got to make adjustments. I mean, you can't let Memphis go off like that, like they did. And that's for sure.
0: Well, I don't think either team's going to go off like that. I mean, 270 points in an NBA game, that was just a tremendous amount of scoring. 29 points was the Jazz' bad quarter. That's off the charts. That's highly I'm abnormal. Right, but they I think they're more 30... capable of doing it. Uh, okay, that's debatable. You're probably right. They had a 36 and two 38s. That seems off the charts. but But I'll bet they have had other games this year where if their worst quarter wasn't 29, it was close to it. Uh, they've certainly had multiple oh, games where they get to 120. But when they usually give, when they give up 110 points in the regular season, their win percentage goes way down. And when they give up 120, it's usually terrible. This was a rare game for them to win where they, where they gave up 120 points. And they had a little wiggle room because they had the 74 at halftime. I mean... So they had a little room, and that's, you know, probably part of the reason, not the only reason, but part of the reason that the early third quarter went the way it did.
11: Yeah, I also think that, you know, you have prolific offensive players out on the floor these days. So that adds to a higher scoring output because you've got you look at the Jazz. I mean, they've got a lot of players who have a lot of offensive skill and they can do this. Maybe this is the high end of what they're doing. Royce O'Neal, you don't know how many times I expect him to go 5 of 7, 4 of 6 from 3. I mean, that's not really who he is. But he had it going on. And I really believe shooting to a degree is contagious in terms of, well, guys are getting open, balls going in, That just pumps everybody up, it just gets everybody excited. It's funny because you can make a great defensive stance and I don't know how well it translates to offense, but I really believe offense translates into better defense. Although that, as I say that, New Memphis scoring twenty nine, one hundred twenty nine, I should say, but I think it fires you up. And I what I, what I meant to say as far as contagious is that if I see my guys making buckets, in my mind somehow it becomes easier for me to make buckets.
0: Maybe there's nothing to it. No, that, I that, think it's that, true. Yeah. I think I think that's true. I think it's. It's the mental thing is true, and then I also think that the more some guy gets on fire, the more teams help, the more other guys have open shots if the team passes the ball well. And I think sure. I think Memphis largely does. You know, Mer- Morant isn't—people uh, compare him to Allen Iverson, but I think he's a much more willing passer than Iverson. And I think Matt Harping would agree if he were here. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Matt's he Matt, oh, Although
11: he like he liked Allen, he
0: does he does like him. Talk but him right but coming here and getting passes from Carl Malone opened his eyes, you know, because he was used to you know with Iverson it was going up. Go go get ready to rebound, and Moran will move the ball. So that's where I think the addition of
11: Mitchell really energized everyone. It energized and by by everyone I mean literally everyone, every Jazz fan. Every player. And then when you saw him come out, and that's what I was really focused on in the beginning, what was he going to look like? Was he going to assimilate? Was he going to be the Donovan Mitchell that we have seen for so many times now over the last three-plus years, four years? And right off the bat, okay, it wasn't looking like, you know, I'm just going to just be a bull in a china shop with my head down and just run to the basket. No. He was within the framework. He hits the three. He looks as smooth as can be. He looks fine. It looked like you wouldn't have known. It looked like we went from April 15th, whenever that day was, to May 25th or 26th, whatever yesterday was. It didn't look like there was any gap there. It didn't look like we are talking about,
0: oh, shake the rust off.
11: No. didn't look like there
0: was any rust there. It looked like it was already... The only thing, off. the only thing was that we were told early his minutes were going to be limited, fine. and they were. That that was what was different. Okay, fine. But yeah, that's
11: fine too, and that that's even better. Gives him more energy for down the road, uh, as they if they see fit and need to increase his minutes. Uh, Conley played thirty-seven. That's a little on the high side, but uh, you know Bogdanovich thirty. Uh, O'Neill's a younger guy; he can handle it. Uh, Joe, twenty-eight. That's about what he should be playing. So everybody fit; the pieces fit together. I, I really believe if I were to sum it up, and look at why they won that game, I believe it's the return of Donovan Mitchell because I think it energized everyone, and then he got in the flow and he played well, scoring a ton of points. Uh, you know, twenty-five points in twenty-six minutes. That's that's really good. That's if he were to play the whole game, he would score forty-nine. You love to do that, and it drives me nuts when you do it.
0: I don't love to do that.
11: Yeah, you do. You say, oh, they're on pace for it. You do that all the time. You don't do it individually,
0: oh, okay, but you right. do it for I the I do it, team. it for the group. I do do it for teams, yeah, but I don't do and, it individually. And I hate when you do that. Well, then I'll keep doing it. Right, and I'll hate you even more, which I have no problem doing. Okay, good. So what do you think? Mitchell, what? 30 minutes, or they just turn him loose for game three?
11: Turn him loose! Turn
0: him loose! Turn him loose! He's got to do it his way! After only playing 25 minutes because of foul trouble and fouling out in that game one, Rudy went for 36, and that made a big difference in this game. No question. When we talked about that, he needs to be on the court 10 more minutes. Yeah, obviously. Brooks and Valanciunas played 28 and 30 because game two they were in foul trouble. Give it up for Brooks,
11: man. He played well he was getting frustrated early.
0: He scored it. Well, that's but what they looking for. He can't defend Donovan Mitchell. But can he offset him? Oh, who can defend Donovan Mitchell? He's unguardable. When we come back... Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Jazz. I can't defend him either. Joe Ingles coming up at 9.05. Oh, I can't defend. Well, never. With, with that mouth, holy cow. Potty City. City. Holy Toledo. <laughs> I did not swear during this interview. Yes, you did. Yak hit the drop button. But if he's going to shoot 100% from the field, I guess we'll just let him keep on swearing. What the heck? Well, I don't think he can do any better than 100%. Mm, he might be able to. He's Australian. It's different rules. True, and he's left-handed. See? All those kids in America, and you'll probably bring that up and irritate him. American Jack? Absolutely love that kid. He's my favorite Ingalls kid. Future president of the United States of America, much to Joe Ingalls' horror. All right, Joe Ingalls in 905. Craig Bowler, Jack, next. Stay with us.
1: Take the Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show.
0: DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision spring LASIK sales going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Time to welcome in the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowlerjack. Bowler, good morning. Hello, DJ. PK, how are you? Good. All is right with the world, once again, because the Jazz picked up the offense, and just outscored Memphis. Now, that might drive Quinn Snyder nuts, but I don't know the Jazz fans minded. That was entertaining. It was a W. Mitchell looked good. What more did you want, Bowler?
14: Well, I mean, it's it's a playoff uh, franchise record in scoring, right? Also, most points allowed in a playoff game. Uh, 141-129. I'll be honest, I've got some free throw hangover today. Uh, You know, I mean, well, the whistle was pretty, was pretty uh, popular you know, in that game last night. Uh, amazing to watch that you can put you know, two teams at the line almost 70 times, 69 to be exact. But to your point, yes, the energy in the building was awesome. Uh, and, of course, Donovan, I thought his emotion just ran through the entire team. And that's who he is. That's what he does. And in the limited minutes that he played – uh, you know, there's a couple of moments you go, uh-oh, because of just the physical. You, uh, you understand, I think, more and more how physical he plays. And so when he, you know, hits the floor a couple of times and took a walk back the tunnel, into the tunnel, he thought, what's going on? But it, in the post game, we understood, you know, he was just trying to keep keep that ankle warm. But I thought with the minutes given, he did great. And um, obviously the players, his teammates followed And uh, there's a few holes in the defense. Obviously, uh, John Moran is a terrific young talent, but he got into the paint a ton. And, of course, uh, the Jazz have got to make some adjustments as they head down uh, to Memphis.
11: I think that his mere presence, and what I mean by that making a difference, is that once we all, everybody, I'm talking fans, broadcasters, obviously players, coaches, owners, you name it, that once we saw him out there, And he looked like Donovan Mitchell, like there wasn't any – like with Chris Paul – He comes out the other night, and he just didn't look like Chris Paul. And I think that had a a negative effect on the Suns because, like, wow, we don't have Chris Paul, the Chris Paul that we know that got us to this point. And I think that really was a letdown for those guys, and they end up losing the game. Conversely, the positive here is that Mitchell looked like the Donovan Mitchell that we have seen many, many times over, even though there wasn't as many minutes as he normally would play but his very presence, he hits the shot right off the bat. I thought that really set the tone, and everybody could relax because it was like, we got our guy.
14: You just said the you know, the three. That's the magical moment. The first shot out of his hand in 17 games in nearly six weeks. I mean, that's how you paint the return, right, PK? I mean... If you get that type of shot and everyone does have the feeling of everything is okay, everything's okay, and it does spread throughout the arena, spreads around his teammates, and you can tell that. You're you're spot on. You can tell that. And the Jazz, of course, struggled in game one from the three-point line, and they shoot 49% in game two after shooting 26% in uh, the first game. So, yes. Making that first shot, which happened to be a three, just sets the plate or I should say puts sets the table and uh everyone came to feast a little bit. I, I thought you're right. I mean the emotion of that moment and just having the crowd rise to their feet. Yeah, that was that was special.
0: Craig Bolderjack joining us, T V voice of the Jazz. So how much are you worried about Jordan Clarkson in the three-point shooting? One of 14, he banked one in. That's the only make in the series, 0 for 8 in the opener and 1 for 6 in Game 2. How much are you worried, or how much did you see him going to the hoop and getting the free throw line and thinking, well, as long as he scores, it doesn't matter how?
14: You know, I think we get uh, pretty pretty engrossed with Clarkson, and I get it, uh, six man of the year. Uh, I think there's been a stretch here, even in the uh, at the end of the regular season, where the three-point shot has been difficult for him uh it, it feels rushed to me i don't know again if it's too much talk too much hype too much pressure but i i'm i still appreciate the fact that he is starting to understand more and more that he can do more than just knock threes you know down it's like you just said to the rim he was seven for seven from the free throw line last night and he's still getting his point production i mean I, you get a label sometime it's probably our fault, you know. But fans love, you know, as we call the flamethrower, and the guy is just relentless in the way that he plays and continues to search dribble, and find buckets. And he's, I think, he's impactful just as much, to be honest. If he recognizes a three-point shot, or they're defending him on the three-point line, the way that he's goes going to the rim and getting to the free throw line is just as good as knocking down threes. You're judged many times in this league, especially with the way the Jazz depend on the three and Clarkson's uh, ability to hit that three and being a game changer, uh, that that's kind of, um, I can name multiple times in my mind where he's, he's helped change the flow of the game just with his three-point shot and, and, and pulling the trigger on a three, but it hasn't happened in the postseason. It's going to come back. I think Quinn Snyder totally has confidence in, in Jordan Clarkson. Look, nothing's going to sway that. Uh, we've seen enough proof that he can. Uh, you know, he. It's a, It's the way that the three-point shooters are. It's a roller coaster, as we know. And I think right now, a lot's going on in his head, and he's just got to settle down and play his game. But he's also making it, making adjustments uh, that he can. If it's not working outside, go inside and find yourself to the free throw line. He's just as effective. Doesn't matter how you score. Just put numbers on the board.
11: Morant gets a lot of run and he's a fantastic player. It's fun to watch Brooks. Now uh, you got to tip your cap to him because he's a tough, hard-nosed kid and he's playing well. The thing, the, one of the guy, the guy who probably scares me the most. I mean, Durant, Morant obviously is the guy, but this Valanciunas man, he is such a load, and we saw that uh, Derek Favors has a hard time matching because the size difference is pretty big, and it's like Gobert is pretty much the only guy. That can do anything with him because of his bulk and all that stuff. How much are you concerned that he still uh, is going to be effective and maybe even more effective in the rest of this
14: series? BK, it's all about the whistle. It's all about who it will be or will not be in foul trouble, right? I mean, Gobert picked up four. uh, Valanchunas last night uh, had four as well, so they kind of negate Each other a bit. Rudy, you know, was on the rim. I thought he played really well. Um, You know, efficient. Only missed two shots. Twenty-one points. He rebounded at a couple three-block shots. But Valanciunas, to your point, man, the guy is a load. And the part of it is he has a more of an offensive game than Gobert. Rudy, as we all know, is at the rim. And Conley, by the way, did a marvelous job getting Gobert involved right last night. Pocket passes put it right where it had to be and may Rudy really a, a big force offensively. But Valanciunas can turn, he'll face up, he's got the hook shot. But look, there's, they have kind of like their mini big three. I'm just, you know, Valanciunas, Brooks, and Morant. And if you get a guard line with a big, you're going to be a difficult team to beat. And that's who they've become. And they've grown with, by the way, since the Jazz swept the season series uh, in the regular season, I mean, that team's grown a lot. Uh, Dylan Brooks, man, out of nowhere, just has become a force. He has confidence, to your point. And Jaw last night, I just don't know what how you stop it. I mean, he is—he's not a three-point shooter, but he's in the paint, and the shot of the shots. The, now that the shot is, that's in vogue in the NBA is the floater, and boy, he is good at getting in the paint, timing it, able to drop it over Gobert and defaves. And they're going to have to figure something out to keep him outside the paint, force him into a jump shooter, or try to force him out on the you know, three-point line somehow. But the way he is able to, to maneuver himself into the lane is is pretty impressive. I mean, look what he did with Curry and Golden State in the, in the final play-in that got him into the playoffs. And he's had a pretty good – I mean, not pretty good. He's had a really good series uh, against Utah right now. And he's scary. Every time he touches the ball, especially in the second half last night, I kind of felt like, look, he had his way. He's built his confidence. And look at the numbers he put up. 47. Wow. 47. And it looked easy, by the way. PK, it looked easy.
0: So Gobert and Conley get in foul trouble and the Jazz lose game one. Right. And Shunas and Brooks get in foul trouble and the Grizzlies lose game two. And in both cases, the foul trouble was immediate. It was in the first part of the first quarter that the fouls started piling up. So I'm kind of thinking that the NBA isn't going to want to be four or five games deep and having to say, well, whoever's in foul trouble, the refs are deciding the series. I think they're going to go to Memphis and they're going to let them play. Assuming a game is refereed with a let them play mentality, who does that benefit?
14: Uh, It may benefit... Well, Memphis likes to play rough and physical, right? We saw that with Dylan Brooks with his headbutt routine in Game One, and Valanchunas uh, is a is a rough, rugged guy down in the paint. It may it may frustrate the Jazz that there are no calls, to be honest. And DJ, to your point, I just made a note to myself in my my scorecard last night. Dylan Brooks played eight minutes in the first half, and Valanchunas seven, and then they were able to stay on the floor the second mm-hmm. half. Yeah, they
0: were.
14: And I think to your point you know it's who stays on the floor and who can stay productive and find their rhythm right uh, we'll see how the home court plays into the hands of the Memphis Grizzlies right in the next two games it's 1-1 but i got a feeling this is going to be more difficult than than people expected can they win yeah absolutely they're a better team depth wise the benches are going to give you much if anything i mean Grayson Allen you know was a goose egg last night and you get a bucket or two on occasion from uh, Bain and Melton, but the Jazz are a, are a deeper team that, in my book, is going to be the, the, uh, the deciding factor in this series, which will go Utah's way.
11: Yeah, I, that's what I think the bottom line is. The Memphis got some good players, and they're a team on the come, but the bottom line, as I say again and repeat it, reiterate again, is that the Jazz have, it's not good grammar, but they have more better players. That, that that's how I see it. That's no, how hey, I see the difference. As they're questions go, good. that
14: that was flawless. Yeah, yeah, but TPK, they're more better, more better, good.
11: Y- y- they are. They just have. If I line up the rosters, they're deeper. It's probably the better way to say it. But what
14: the heck? Yeah. Well, Clarkson, Joe, George, uh, and then what favors gave the Jazz in Game One in a loss was pretty impressive last night. You know, he was still. What was he? He, had, he only played 12 minutes, but the, he got five points and three rebounds. But, you know, if you break down the minutes, uh, I mean, his game one performance was about as good as, as we've seen all year long. Um, 12, 11 and four. That's that's D phase, man, at his best. But, you know, the George and the Yangs are going to have to chip in eight to ten points. You know what Joe's about. And Clarkson still finds a way, as we mentioned. The three may not fall, but he still has a way to get to the line and, and, and sneak in and score at the rim. So, you know, even a – I mean, I don't know if Ilya Silva is going to be a part of this or not. I thought he would be more, but I just don't know if it's, that's going to be uh, something the Jazz will use. It looks like uh, the decision's been made, who's going to play, and it's a tight rotation. Mia hasn't played, Ilya Silva, Matt Thomas, uh, Trent Forrest, but if needed, they're there. But I think, again, I think you see the rotation and how it's going to, how it's going to play out.
0: So Grayson Allen plays 23 minutes and is uh, minus 10 in the plus-minus in Game 1. And then in Game 2, he's 0 for 6 and minus 23 in 19 minutes. Can they eliminate the Grayson Allen minutes? Because it looks to me like the Jazz are feasting on him. They obviously have the perfect scouting report for him. They know him well. Is this an advantage the Jazz are just going to well to PK's point about the bench, let's face it, Memphis has the worser bench.
14: Oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> that, was, that was also I could say worser on the radio, I don't kill yourself.
14: Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's I'm I'm looking at the box score last night and and you know, Bain played uh 24 minutes and gave them uh 5 points. And Grayson Allen, you're right. I don't know. I I don't think they have much more to go to. Taylor Jenkins, uh, their head coach, I don't think there's much more that that he's got to go to. So at uh, Grayson Allen really has got to be a player, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, that has to step up for Memphis if they want to have a chance to upset the one c But I, you know, we saw Grayson Allen for what a short period of time thirty 35, thirty five thirty thirty five plus games, and there were moments that he was able to to, to look like he was nba ready. Uh, I thought in game one, you know, he had a little bit more. Uh, a little bit more spunk. I mean, he, he, you know, he only played 23 minutes, but still, he hit a three, I guess. But yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't uh, performed like I thought he would. Uh, defensively, he's kind of his. Maybe he, <laughs> maybe he taught Dylan Brooks some of the physical play of defense, right, from his uh, days at Duke. But um, I still think the bottom line is that the Jazz are the better team uh, and on, and are the deeper team, and that's going to be the, the deciding factor in this series. I, I just don't see. Uh, You know, really any more minutes for uh, productive minutes for Grayson Allen. He is who he is. And the same with Desmond Bain, the rookie, and the same with Anthony Melton. I mean, I don't think you're going to get more than 14, 17 points out of that group of players. And it's all on the big three of Memphis. It's on Morant. It's on Brooks. It's on Valanciunas. And maybe you get some some points from Jaron Jackson, Jr. He was living at the free throw line mind you, last night as well. Uh, But he still doesn't look right coming back from knee surgery, by the way. But uh, it's a work in progress with him. And then Kyle Anderson is kind of an X factor, too. But it's really I think the scoring will be all on the backcourt and the big uh, for Memphis.
11: What are all the rules as far as what you're allowed to broadcast going forward?
14: Uh, We will broadcast uh, all the way up to round one, the end of round one, except if a game seven would occur, most likely, I'm guessing, that's uh, an exclusive on ABC. Uh, If ABC steps in any of the games, we can't broadcast. So if it's TNT or ESPN, uh, we are able to do what they call side-by-side. They're not here. Uh, They're calling remotely, as we will again. It was great to be in the building for two games with fans. I just love it. It was yeah. great, and but we'll have a watch party uh, that fans are able to register and come in and watch uh, the game with us, uh, and we'll call it. Uh, big T will be on hand with me on on both Saturday and Monday's games, so we'll we'll uh, we'll have the crowd at hand, and I'm, I like that idea too. I mean, uh, if they're away. Let the fans enjoy uh, the arena and watch it on the big screen, just like. Uh, just like I will, and how we'll call that game.
11: So they'll be hearing that. your voice in the arena.
14: Uh yeah, kind of bizarre, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so if they they come in and um, we'll have it piped in, and we'll That's watch cool. it together off the big screen. And the concession stands are open. Uh, people can uh, you know come and go. Uh, you do have to register online um, with uh, I, I think you can check it out on UtahJazz.com, uh, but it's free to the public. And I think oh, they've already had. Six plus thousand reservations to come in, so I'm, I'm I think it's kind of a cool idea in a, in yeah, a difficult yeah. time, and it doesn't cost you. Uh, you can just come in and, and enjoy the game and uh, in a in a big arena, you know, setting a feeling. So I'm I'm excited to have them there with us alongside.
1: Yeah. Well, for
0: people who cut the cord, this is a huge opportunity.
14: True, it is. And you know, it's it's something I'm not sure what game four. That's Memorial Day, yeah, uh, on Monday, which again I'm Monday not night. sure if they'll open the arena or not. But I know they're going to try this on on Saturday, and uh, hopefully, this will be more to come as the Jazz uh, continue down their road to uh, to a, to a Western Conference title and hopefully beyond.
0: Well, Bowler, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for hopping on with us.
14: Absolutely. Hey, just a a shout-out to Joe. I thought that was one of the most incredible class moments in NBA. uh, I can't say history, but look, uh, handing a trophy off to your teammate, if he didn't think that was special, look, he put his own ego aside to honor a teammate. And I just sat back and went, wow, what a great idea by TNT. But Joe was the fuel behind it that would go along with it. Tell Joe as I warm up his act, man, thumbs up i thought that was really one of the coolest moments uh that two teammates could share and i could tell clarkson was truly truly moved by that moment those two guys have a great bond and you could tell that was that was a great moment for the jazz for jazz fans and and really jazz history it really was it was great
0: bowler will do it thanks for joining us
14: all right guys take care see you soon
0: Craig Bollerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz, and you can be in the arena with him Saturday. Check out utahjazz.com for the details. All right, coming up, Joe Ingles in 15 minutes. Stay with us.
1: The The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. David Locke is with
4: us. By the way, a traffic report here on ninety-seven point five, twelve eighty zone. If anyone's trying to go south on I fifteen, coming out of downtown, choose an alternate route. Immediately <laughs> head to two fifteen and wrap around the other way because there is a massive backup on I fifteen. Again, with your Metro traffic report, I'm David Locke You didn't go general um, gridlock, on yeah, it, David? Was I would go
8: general gridlock. Troops, we are good to go by the dawn's early light.
1: That is wow. That is good great. Memory. That is awesome. I forgot oh, about general gridlock. <laughs> Catch the big show weekdays from two to seven, presented by Big O Tires, the team you trust on 97.5, 1280, the Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
11: Hey, welcome back in. DJ uh, is in the. Uh, he's in a crapper, so I don't know what's taking so long.
10: <laughs> he's gonna be so mad.
4: <laughs> well, what can I tell it's, you? It's the truth, but now <laughs> oh, he's, no, be he's so running.
11: Mad. <laughs> <laughs> I bring truth, man. What can I tell you? You do bring truth. (laughs) That is for sure. That's why I wait till 10 (laughs) o'clock. I can relax, take my time, see what's going on in the world.
0: (laughs) Ready? Did you catch your breath? I'm good. (laughs) Much better.
11: <laughs> People want to know what's going on behind the scenes.
0: <laughs> Come join hands with Scotty G Friday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at ARUP 9786 South, 500 West and Sandy. Come save a life and donate some blood. You'll receive a gift card and Utah jazz gear for your donation. Joe Ingalls coming up next. Stay with us. <laughs> the Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. For a limited time only, get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Engel's jersey when you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Time to welcome in Joe Engel's Joe. Good
12: morning.
15: <laughs> Good morning. I've got, uh, I've got Miller in the car and she just heard my name like through the intros, and she's like, the Joe Ingalls show? (laughs) The Joe Ingalls jersey?
11: (laughs) You're just dad, Joe. You're nobody to her outside of dad.
15: No, all her friends in school call me Mr. Joe Ingalls, and then she comes home and, like, silly, like when she's being in a silly mood and calls me Mr. Joe Ingalls.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Where does she get that sense of humor, I wonder?
15: Yeah, she's got a bit of my... uh, personality, so hopefully hopefully she, she takes more after her mother and it'll be a, a lot better for her in the long run.
11: So with your personality in mind, Joe, how glad were you that Donovan Mitchell farted? I mean, started in the game.
15: <laughs> how funny was that? <laughs> how do you mix those two words up? <laughs> That's not anything like... I don't, I'm not going to try and pretend I can make up a word that sounds the same, but like that's not even the, It doesn't even sound the same.
11: Well, of course, and you couldn't let it go either.
15: No
10: way, not with those guys. I'm, just, I'm making try sure I call out everything.
11: Yeah, let's hear it.
10: What changed? Where did they fart? Where did they start finding success? And and what do you guys do about it in game two?
15: I'm not sure where they fought it. uh, Uh, Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, thank you.
11: (laughs) I once uh, asked a basketball coach, you've had great success, but I kind of stumbled over success, and it came out, uh, maybe sex, at home. (laughs) Which the guy had three kids, so I I guess it was accurate.
15: (laughs) Maybe, uh maybe someone else would have let it go but (laughs) no matter the uh, seriousness of the situation I ain't let that go
0: I knew you weren't I was laughing while I was listening so how much better is life after a playoff win how much better do you feel at 1-1 than you would have at 0-2 oh
15: I mean I never ever thought about 0-2 to be honest with you so um, yeah I mean it feels obviously feels good I think we Kind of got got back to our ourselves a little about it. I think we um, we didn't play we didn't play well. Um, lots of turnovers. I think they had like sixteen, seventeen offensive rebounds in that first game. Um, just led to some, some well, a lot of easy buckets for them with the turnovers and that. So, um, we didn't we didn't probably move the ball as well and get the shots that we we would normally get and take. Um, and then, obviously, like I said, with the, the turnovers and that too, um, we were just kind of on the back foot a little bit. I think with, with their um, energy and in, in pushing the ball and running and, and like I said, off, off turnovers and, and those like offensive rebounds and stuff, it's hard to, to play we wanted the way we wanted to play. So um, it was good to have have Donovan back out there and have a, another. Um, another target, another uh, attacking um, guard who obviously they have to heavily respect and um, yeah, we got, I think we got back to our, ourselves a little bit from that first game.
11: So I was interested to see how Mitchell would do right from the start, you know, because five weeks is a long time without going and playing NBA ball and nothing you can do can recreate that. But the thing that I thought was great for him is that he looked like he hadn't really missed a beat. He came back, he didn't play as many minutes, obviously. But when he first got out on the floor, hits the three, I thought, wow, that that's the Mitchell that I saw back in April before he got hurt. How much of a boost and a jolt do you think that provided the team?
15: Yeah, I mean, I think... Regardless if he was out another game or two or whatever the situation was, I think we would have been better in that health was, was unbelievable and um maybe a part of that too, that the energy in there was, was obviously him him being back and, and healthy. Um but yeah, like you said, just just to have him out there and um obviously he's Still been around our group, so we still we still kind of had him around a bit. But um, I mean, I was probably the happiest that anyone to not have to bring out the ball every possession. So um, yeah, it was it was great to have him out there. Like you said, I think he the the first few possessions he kind of just just let it come to him. He didn't try and force it. He didn't try and kind of come out with a bang and and, and be super aggressive. He let the game come to him and. I think he got like a catch, shoot three at some point in those first few minutes, and I think once that, once he saw that go down, I think it was kind of like you said, like it just get kind of right back into where he where he left. So um, obviously he was on a bit of restriction. Um, I don't know how long that will last or or what the case with that is, but obviously the the more he's out there, the the better it is for our team.
0: So I wonder how much of Game 2 was you guys feeling, I don't know if desperation is the right word, urgency. Feeling urgency because you lost Game 1. That always seems to happen in the playoffs. But this seems different than most playoff series because I think a big part of Game 1, correct me if I'm wrong, but a big part of Game 1 was... Your preparation. We always hear you play better when you have more preparation, and yet you found out you didn't have Donovan just a couple hours before the game. So you shoot around you practice. The preparation wasn't the same, and I think that led to problems. Do you feel like that lack of preparation led to problems?
15: Yeah, I mean it was a, a little bit of a surprise. Like like he said, and I think a couple other guys said, like we assumed he was playing. Uh, I went to have a little lay down for half an hour and I woke up, well I closed my eyes for a bit, I don't know if I fell asleep but woke up and, and obviously found out he wasn't playing so um, uh, especially I think for me it, it probably makes the biggest difference in terms of my role my role's very different with a full roster compared to to one or two guys being out so um, but I mean it, it, I mean, it's no excuse it's, I mean we've played a lot of basketball without Donovan this last few weeks and um, I mean, you've got to give a, a bit of credit to them. I mean, they came out... They had to fight their asses off to, to win these last two games in the the plane to get in and, and obviously did that. We're playing some good basketball and came in confident. And I mean, what we, I think we had a week off, so we were kind of sitting around waiting for our opponent for a bit. So, um, I mean, there's a, a mix of probably a few things, but, uh, there, I mean, there's no excuse. I think we... We had enough time to repair. We had enough time to rest. We had enough time to, to do all those things. And obviously, the the only thing that kind of took its time was was finding out who we were playing. Um, apart from that, we, we were able to do everything else. So, um, I mean, guys are guys are in and out in an NBA season a lot. And so, I mean, I'm not going to use that as an excuse. I think they came out ready to play. Like I said, we 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 had. X amount of turnovers and X amount of offensive rebounds, which I think really helped the, the way they played. I think we we cleaned a lot of that stuff up, um, and we we're able to adjust. And uh, like I said, I think we played a lot more like ourselves in the in the second game.
11: So Moran has been sensational in both games. Brooks has been pretty good. Shun has been pretty good. How much concern do you have defensively to make sure you keep those guys under control a little bit more?
15: Yeah, I mean it's. Morant's a good example of one of those kind of the high volume, like he has the ball so much that there's going to be times where you obviously want to limit your breakdowns as much as, or not even breakdowns, but limit his um, kind of aggressiveness as much as you can. Um, but, but he does have the ball a lot, and he's going to, same with Brooks, and same with Bellatunas. They're going to post Tunis a lot. They're going to run the sets for, for Morant and for, for Brooks. So uh, We've got to be locked in on on. Kind of those guys, and then obviously another key is, is not letting other guys get off. It's different if if Morant has forty something and, and two or three other guys have twenty something. Like it's a, it's a different game. So um, obviously with Brooks's foul trouble, we were we were able to kind of keep him out of the game a little bit. Um, Niall Tunas had some foul trouble, and obviously Morant kind of put it on himself to, to take over, I guess. Um, so we, we just got to make it tough for him. Um, like I said, they're going to play high minutes. They're going to play obviously high volume with, with the amount those, those two and three guys have the ball. So um, for, for us, we know we're a deep team. We can put different guys on them. We can we can play the way we play and make them defend on the other end. And, and like I said, just just make it as, as tough as we can for, for the, the 40 plus minutes those guys are out there.
0: So when Memphis comes out in the third quarter and scores on 15 consecutive possessions to open the quarter, it took you guys eight minutes to get a stop. There were a couple timeouts in there. I'm just wondering, how much fun was Quinn in the timeouts?
15: <laughs> it's always fun in timeouts. Um, yeah, I mean, I think yeah, they, I mean, we obviously weren't getting started. The, the, the thing that held us in it a little bit, we were scoring a little bit too. Obviously the league got cut Cut to whatever it did to at the end of that quarter, um, but yeah, I mean it's it's got to be something. I mean we can't. I don't know if that. I would be surprised if that happened at all all year. Really, um, it's probably the first time fifteen straight possessions is um, obviously obviously a sign that we 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 needed to pick it up or whatever the case was. Be more aggressive. Be more physical. Um, I'm sure and have no doubt we'll watch parts of that at some point uh, today or tomorrow or the next day um, leading into this next game just just to see um, what we can do better. Obviously, there's there's times in games that things happen. You Obviously, we're going to give up points. We're not going to hold them to zero, but there's, there's a lot of things we can do, to, like I said, to, to make it tougher or, or harder on these guys to, to score or to get a good shot. So um, that's what it. I mean, it's a series. Um, that's what the series is about. You make adjustments on the fly and adjustments in games and adjustments on your, your day off. And um, so Like I said, we'll, no doubt we'll, uh, we'll see, see some of those clips and then we'll figure out what we were doing and, and obviously try to be better for, for the next one.
9: So tell us how it
11: all came about with you obviously knowing the Jordan Clarkson thing and then the league must have got with you or something, <laughs> something and then you – you basically you tell him and that was a that was a unique moment, especially because you were also on the list. And so in my mind, Joe, you may not be the sixth man of the year, but you're the seventh man of the year.
15: I oh, know, I should get a trophy or something. Exactly, sure. yes, no um, question. Yeah, I mean it's I I said it a one but like I was surprised. Um, I didn't even know I was in the running or whatever. I like I said, I've never played for anything like that. And, um, it was a cool it was a cool moment I guess for me and I'll probably look back on when I retire was it was a cool moment just to, to even be in a conversation I think the impact that we both make and, and the pride we have of coming off the bench and, and um, obviously we, we make an impact in different ways um, him what, what he does and the scoring and aggressiveness he brings is uh, it is unique. I don't think you'll you'll ever see another player like JC. I think I said that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I was even though I was in contention for it, I was very confident JC was going to win regardless. Um, but yeah, I just got um, I guess I got asked. I um, told that JC had won and um, and then asked if I would be happy to, to present it to him and. Um, I mean, it's pretty cool. I think you see a lot of these these trophies or situations get presented by family or, or someone from higher up in the organization or something like that. And um, I mean, it's very obvious that, that JC and I are uh, very close and, and speak a lot. And like I said, I mean, it's funny, he's probably the one that's made and, and helped me feel a lot more comfortable coming off the bench. And being proud to come off the bench and make an impact and trying to figure out how to make an impact coming off the bench so um, yeah it was cool to, to sit in there with him and we just um, obviously we I, I knew what the questions were <laughs> um, which is also why I got the first answer very quickly um, and then yeah just, just a, a pretty cool moment I, I was like it was an honour to, to sit in there with him and, and to give him the trophy like I said to Normally, a family member or, or something like that. I think we took Julius Randall's, um, his, his kid. His, I think it was his son. Um, got gave him his most improved and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was it was awesome. Like I said, to to hand it to him because we are close, and um, obviously being kind of first and second in those votes was uh, was a cool moment. So I'm very very happy that he he won it. He, he deserves it, um, and. Yeah, next time, I, if I realize it's so close next time, I just won't pass him the ball
7: as much. <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> so you're very close to Jordan Clarkson, and then unexpectedly you're you're very close to Dylan Brooks. I mean, that's what I assumed. I saw he wanted a piggyback ride in the middle of the game. Oh, you
11: flopped on that one, Joe. Come <laughs> on.
15: He landed on my head. <laughs> <laughs> like, actually on my head. Like, I mean, I had a lot of... uh Hate mail on my Twitter account after the game from, I'm assuming our Memphis fans, but um, obviously I wasn't trying to hurt him or like it was a, When you look back, it looked. I mean, it was. It was. I didn't realize how high he jumped. Um, but yeah, I. I mean, it's like any situation when someone. Someone jumps and, and you've got a chance to to be able to get those three shots. I was trying to obviously draw a foul and get those three shots. Obviously. There was zero intention to to hurt him. As much as we've gotten into it, the, probably the whole time we've played each other the last few years, um, yeah. There's obviously zero intentions to, to hurt someone, but just yeah, just trying to make a play to to get those free throws. And I mean, I got the free throws, but um, yeah, it was uh, I definitely didn't realise how how high he jumped until until after
11: you say anything? Because you like to talk in those situations. I'm surprised you didn't scream,
1: and three!
15: No, I actually, um, I actually really hurt my elbow. I landed on the corner of the floor or something, whatever was down there. Um, So I actually hurt my elbow, so I was more worried about my elbow, to be honest.
0: So best trash talk of the game. Does it go to Donovan? Because when you got the second foul on Brooks, uh, the cameras were on him, and Twitter, you've probably seen it, came alive with the exact quote, which was... Very Joe Ingalls-ish.
15: Um, I'm taking no responsibility for the words that came out of <laughs> So any, any people out there that want to blame me can go to uh, wherever they want to go to. Um,
0: I'm on his yeah. ass. I'm on his ass. Get him the bleep out. <laughs> Donovan was suddenly much more popular, which is hard to believe, but true. Amazing,
15: right? Yeah. <laughs> amazing the things we come up with in the, in the heat of the moment in these games. So now, that was uh go ahead credit to him. Good on him.
11: So you go back to Memphis and you know, home court is a big deal and all that stuff. How do you stay in the moment and not get it beyond the actual play, the actual game as opposed to oh, we gotta get one at least and you gotta get home and all that stuff and got to four. As far as making sure you're not getting beyond what you need to do,
15: yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it's kind of possession by possession. We just got to, um, like I said, we'll, we'll watch the film from the other well last night, um, and, and no doubt, as always, there's, there's things that we can work on and fix and get better at and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll do that. Um, obviously, the the focus is. Today, having a bit of recovery and rest, and um, kind of get what you need to do, and then obviously come in tomorrow and get organised and play and film and do what we do, and and then uh, and then head out to the the plane. So um, yeah, we'll use the data to to get ready this morning uh, to to rest and recover this morning, and then and then just get ready. Kind of take it one game at a time. Obviously, you want to try and we we obviously want to win both, but you go in and focus on that first one and. Um, and the result happens, and then we, we do the same thing. I mean, it's, it's a very cliché, boring answer, but it's kind of the way it has to be with, um, with a series like this.
0: Well, Joe, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Craig Bolajek wanted to uh, make sure you got the shout-out for uh, giving your teammate the trophy. He thought that was cool, and he wasn't uh, messing around when he said it. So nice job of that. Nice job with the W, and we will talk to you again in another week. You will. I uh, appreciate it, guys. All right. Thanks, Joe. Joe Ingles joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union, where your future is our future. Not quite sure how Grizzly fans could be – well, I mean, they could be mad him for other stuff that happened in the
11: game. Oh, are you kidding? When I was on Twitter and I looked at it last night. Right right off the bat, the guy who does 11-2 uh, uh, show – he tweeted out, all refs are just making up for Mitchell not being there and giving him all the calls that he's missed the last five weeks by not playing.
0: <laughs> it is, uh, when they waved off the hoop, which then they re- they they changed it early in the game, on the three and the five, it was clear he got fouled in the shooting motion. That wasn't even close. Uh, yeah, That would but, have been an you, NCAA you, or high school you continuation. You
11: see what you see. You I hear so. what you hear. Mm-hmm.
0: And then it had a whole bunch
11: of stuff of all these Memphis people that – just went off on the refereeing. Blah, 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 blah. So, what do you mean? That's what they see, what they hear. what They're fans.
0: Don't you think, though, that these uh they're going to have to call less fouls in the games going forward? 69 is a lot, and these two games have definitely been impacted early.
11: Yeah, I don't care, though. It's a Saturday. I don't have to get up early.
0: That's someone I'm talking about, and you know it. Well, that ancillary fact is true. Last night I tweeted, don't these refs know it's a work day for
11: us here? No, no. I mean, we're not the only ones who have to get up early. Everybody pretty much does to go to work. And, jeez, get on with it. Yeah, and then that's what I said. The idea of foul trouble dictating games is just really under my skin because I just don't see where somebody should be limited. There should be potential penalties uh, if you keep uh, over six fouls or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, but what do you do, though? I don't think they're going out of their way to, man, let's just call this really tight because this series is nasty. I I don't see that at all. We don't got the bad boys here.
0: There were some touch fouls early in the game. Both ways. I well, thought it that was one just one go bare. He gets the block tight. shot
11: going across the middle. Was it's like say. he just barely grazed the yeah. bicep or something. If he even got him. Yeah. And then, and, and yeah. There so were I multiple refs.
0: There were multiple calls made by refs that were out of their area. You know, when you're out of your area and you got a chance to be screened off and the guy was right there and didn't call anything and you're out of the area and you do and you're like, come on, guys. What did you see? Yeah, right. Exactly. Moving along here. ARUP needs your help. Donating blood before a long weekend is critical. Please donate blood over the Memorial Day weekend. Call to make an appointment today at 801-584-5272 or online at utahblood.org. ARUP needs the Zone's listeners to step up and donate today. That is A-R-U-P. When we return, everything you missed in this show, next, stay with us.
1: (laughs) Number one. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest-rated, most-listened-to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
0: DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, the zone. PK. What? Look at the weather out there. That looks like baseball weather to me. Oh,
11: certainly, yeah. You name it. It looks like any kind of weather but baseball. Golf weather, especially.
0: hiking weather, anything outdoors. The weather's good. It's the time of year to live here. Give it a few more weeks. It'll be really hot. But as, right now, it looks nice. As me
11: and Dwayne are finding out. Huh. It's time to be in Utah. My buddy Dwayne.
0: Just keep dropping his name. <laughs> You're going to golf with them one day. You
11: have to imagine it in order for it to happen.
0: True story. Visualization, very powerful. But it's about baseball now. We've got tickets to see the Bees tonight. They're opening the gates, PK. Wide open. Yeah, it's great news. If you want to go to the game tonight and get your t- tickets at slbs.com. Or you can be caller 12 right now, 855 340 Zone. We got four tickets to give away. 855 340 Zone. Call right now, be caller number 12. And you're going to the game tonight. Open in a homestand. They're going to be here throughout the holiday weekend. Uh-huh. Sunday and Monday are matinees. Correct. Tonight, Friday, Saturday, prime time, under the lights. Well, eventually. It doesn't get dark till halfway through the game. Correct. <laughs> Six thirty, the to start tonight. We got four tickets. Eight five five three four O Zone. Time to catch you up on everything we've been talking about yeah, yep. in this show. It's obviously jazz. You know why they won? They scored more
11: points no. than their opponents. My hoodie, really? This is my lucky hoodie. The ones they gave they gave it to uh, they gave it to us. Uh, was it for Christmas? It
0: five for the fight yeah. hoodie. It's got the uh, yeah. the state logo with the basketball seams on it and the yellow, orange, and red colors. I love this hoodie. That's the best color combo. I mean, the Jazz colors over the years, I mean, how many teams have worn gold and green and purple and white and blue? <laughs> Pretty, but this is the best. It's, it's Red Rock. It's Sunsets. It's Utah. The more they wear these colors, the better.
11: Okay, if you like this, fine. I mean, that's a personal touch. Uh, whatever you, what your preference is, that's fine with me. But they do not lose when I wear this one. And I said, I got to break this out, man. They need this game. How many in a row can
0: it win, though? I don't wear it all the time, though. Right, I know, because here's the thing. If you wear it all the time, it won't go undefeated. Eventually, its power will be beaten down.
11: Okay, so if you win 9 out of 10, you take it.
0: Right, so I'm just curious how often you feel like well, you wear it. Well, I'm not going to wear it Saturday. Okay.
11: But I don't want to go down 3-1, so I'll wear it Monday.
0: If they lose Saturday, it'll be out Monday. But if they win Saturday, you'll give it Monday off, right? Yes. Reserve its powers for the critical game 5 if it's 2-2. That is a critical game. You're right.
11: In that situation, we'll see how this series develops. I mean, obviously, I'd love to see them win the next three. I wouldn't bet on it, and that's no knock against them. That's more of a compliment towards the Grizz. I think they're a heck of a ball club. I mean, they're an eighth-paced team, so I don't want
0: to go crazy. But yeah, but in, they're, they're but in, a good 8th place team. This has happened in the West or before. Ninth, when, when Oklahoma City was on the rise with Durant, there was one year they won 50 and were the eighth seed. We've seen years where the 8th seed is really a pretty good team. Which I think that's great for the league. Well, you... you know. I think it's great for the league, well, man. It's, it's great, it's that great it, for me because I want competition. Right, but what it often means is there's 9 or 10 good teams in one conference and there's 3 or 4 well, in the I, other. So that's right. up
11: to the others. I mean, I can't... That, whatever on there, that's their deal. they got to get better. But it's like the... I like it like NFL playoffs. NFL playoffs for me, first wild, car, wild card game... Is huge. Every NFL playoff game. Now, the game may not be, but it just seems like it's such a big deal, the NFL playoffs. Every single game. And obviously, it progresses. And that's what I would like to see in NBA playoffs. Now, I know you're a Jazz fan, and that means you want them to win. So you just as soon see a blowout all the time. I get all that. But for me, I want to see competition.
0: And so far, I'm two for two in the competition. Oh, I think in this series, uh, because you do have a quality eight seed, there's going to be a lot of competition. Uh, I mean, you can never rule out one blowout. I mean, I can't say every game's going to be competitive, but it's what I expect when every game starts. And you can't say that about other series. I didn't think the Nets and Celtics would be very competitive, and they haven't been. Miami's and Milwaukee's been hit and miss. Uh, But I think these Western series... Who cares about the East? Right, these Western series they're largely going to be pretty competitive. Yeah, and I think the Jazz will be better for it.
11: Because whoever they get in the second round is going to feel really good about themselves. Think about that.
0: Either Dallas has taken out the Clippers in advance so they feel very good about themselves. That's just a given. Or the Clippers have gotten off the deck after losing two home games. Exactly. Because the Clippers now have to win four out of five. So they'll be coming in on fire. Right. If you come back from O two 2 and win, you're probably not thinking, boy, we really suck what we were doing down 0-2. You're thinking, Who look cares? at us. Right. Who cares? Our backs are against the wall, and we delivered. Precisely, yes. What have you done for me lately, Territory? And in that case, that's all positive. Right. So I think this
11: is a, this is a great tune-up. I even hesitate to call it a tune-up. It's a great series to prepare you For what is to come. Because you would face that either way. There's just no way you're going to waltz through. I don't even know if you waltz through second rounds. In an average, uh, generally speaking, NBA playoff Western Conference. So this is going to set them up. And they need to get better. Uh, Defensively, obviously. Try to find ways to limit Morant and and Brooks. i got to see Brooks a little bit more... How much of him is him being his success as being a front runner? You know, we've seen Clarkson go 0 for seven and have massive games. Have you seen Mitchell not have great shooting percentage games but hit big shots? I wonder Brooks if he's capable. So my point being, find a way to to get get in, get on top of him uh, early. And see how he responds. Now, to his credit, he had some foul trouble last night, and he still responded.
0: You got to well, give, it, especially up, for
11: a second round pick. You got to give it to him, man. This is
0: a, a little detail that kind of gets lost in everything. But he sits in the first half, and they're down twenty, and he's got the three fouls, and he barely plays seven or eight minutes, something like that. And uh, the third quarter, it's like three minutes in, he picks up the fourth foul. They could have taken him out, but they knew they didn't dare. They knew the game was already in danger of slipping away, and they know the Jazz are a great third-quarter team, blow teams out then. And like, we better just go for it now. What are we saving him for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go for it, and it works out. Great move. Number one, he doesn't pick up the fifth and the sixth foul, and, and he could have been gone from the game for good in the third quarter, right? Or maybe they would have had to sit him with the fifth one. But he doesn't get it then. They
11: well, certainly would have sat him with the fifth
0: one and they score on every possession until the four-minute mark of the third quarter and get back in the game. So they rolled the dice, and they won. But as so often happens, you know, it's a game of runs, and they were down 20, and they got it to two, and then the Jazz pulled away and won by double digits.
11: Yeah, I think that he's the proverbial guy that you love to hate but would love him on your team type of player. Yeah. So I don't know if you're going to really – you can slow Morant a little bit and maybe shots just don't fall. The fate of the shot doesn't go in. Um, But I think you can get a better handle on Brooks.
0: Well, you've had two chances, and the only handle you got on him was getting him in foul trouble and putting him on the bench. And that worked. Uh, It's an easy case to be made that that was the difference in the game.
11: And I think that's going to be a key because I don't think Memphis – is that deep with quality players at this level that you need? Whereas the Jazz are obviously their depth is much much better. Uh, so if you can limit r- one of their guys and really put them in a bind, because it seems like going forward they're going to need pretty doggone good games out of the two uh, Morant and Brooks, and then down low Valanciunas. And if either or excuse excuse me any of those three is off your chances of going on to win, I think, rise
0: substantially. So, make sure one of them is off. Mm -hmm. Problem is, they haven't been off in two games in Utah. Are they going to go home and play worse? Maybe they will. Maybe you'll come up with something. it's
11: up to you to help them play worse. You just don't go, uh, well, are they going to play worse? I mean, you got to going to make them play worse. And I agree with what Joe Ingles is saying that the ball is in Morant's hands so much, as it should be, uh, that he's probably going to get his. What you don't want is 32 points on
0: 17 shots. Either he needs to be a little less efficient or you need to make sure nobody else gets going at all. Which is back to your point about Brooks and Valanciunas.
11: And you know the guys. One thing that makes me a little nervous is some of their role players. You know, by definition, they're going to be inconsistent. That's why they're role players. So Grayson Allen, you know, he had big, big shots in that elimination game with the Warriors. And then we see he didn't hit anything against the Jazz in game two. Now he's going home, probably going to be more comfortable and all that. So you've got to be aware of them, too. You can't let Bain and some of these guys who are nobodies... In the grand scheme of things, have some bigger games for you,
0: because that can make a difference. Keys in this game: early fourth quarter when the jazz they had started to take control of it late in the third, but early fourth, they got stops, multiple stops in a row, and Gobert got a dunk, and Gobert got another dunk, and Mitchell got a three-point play. And that gave them the cushion they rode to the end of the game. The guys you want to come up big came up big, and they didn't wait till the last second to do it. And it's dramatic when that happens, but you're the one and they're the eight. You're supposed to take care of it a little earlier. You know what's crazy?
11: Is that the third quarter starts from the Jazz perspective, I feel great. Third quarter ends from the Jazz perspective, I feel great about their
0: chances of winning. But during the quarter, I don't feel good at all. (laughs) It it started to turn around that like kind of between two and four minutes left in the quarter because the lead got down to two but they were starting to get stops and by the end of the quarter they had the lead back to six uh, but I don't know that I felt that good about them winning it when the fourth quarter started uh, I felt pretty I felt good. better I felt better because I did feel like they're starting to get their arms around the game but the, the, those first three minutes of the fourth quarter uh, that was there was a lot okay. of confidence I felt because I thought that.
11: There's no way the Grizzlies are going to recreate the fourth and the third, the third yeah. and
0: the fourth. That comes back the to the law of numbers, right? The law of numbers. They're not going to do back to back 43 point no. quarters. Had go, for they had going had
11: their shot, and they still didn't have the lead. In so, fact, they
0: even had a deficit. So, if you really look, that in, was
11: bigger than two points. At a
0: big stretch, it was the end of the second quarter when they're up 14 with like three and a half minutes to go, and they hadn't finished the first quarter quite the way you wanted. And I think Reggie Miller even said it feels like the Jazz could be up 20 or 25 right now. You and sure enough, they pushed the lead to 20. You didn't go with Jack and Harper? Either? No, I followed you, man. I was switching back and forth. I didn't last night. I need to hunker down on Oh, you hunkered with the locals, huh? I, I did you not. No, I'm superstitious. They hung, I hunkered with the locals. They didn't deliver a win. So well, you know why I did I that?
11: It's because I was flicking back and forth between the Diamondbacks and the Giants game. And on my, on my direct, they're right next to each other. And I realize I could have hit previous channel, but uh, it's, it's like 686-1, so you can't, uh, it, it just doesn't work that way, because I can't go from one to the other without going down. So that's why. And plus, I love my guys. I'm a team player.
0: They're the best. <laughs> <laughs> you suck up.
11: <laughs> no, they're the best. I stand by it. I don't want some outside guys who don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> now, if it was DB, that would be another story. Oh, because <laughs> it's not
0: outside guys. It's an outside gal. Well, D- No, DB's on the inside. <laughs> She's really good. So DB's all things to all people. She's DB. Door's bark. for the wind. DJPK brought to you in part by The Warehouse. Join the big show Friday at the warehouse from 2 to 6 p.m. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! When we come back, your feedback next.
2: And it's all over almost
10: here. Don't go nowhere. It's disgusting that just a year ago it was no big deal for LeBron and Westbrook and most of the NBA that businesses were being looted and burned, but now it's an NBA emergency because Westbrook gets popcorn dumped on his head.
8: The Donald here. Love what I saw in game two. Totally fantastic. No Sleepy Joes. No impartial Francis or Francais. Go go, snag dog. Gotta love the Jazz. Great win.
9: Gobert was a beast in the pick and roll. Conley was awesome. Love to see Spider back. I think we got to start getting the ball out of Morant's hands, whether that's, you know, blitz in the pick and roll or just make him more of a shooter. We got to get him under control, man.
14: Rudy, 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 Rudy,
10: Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. As most of you know, I believe in change, and what I saw from our Utah
3: Jazz, from game one to game two, was great. However, got to believe in change.
2: Yeah!
4: Woo! Let's go Jazz, baby!
0: Yach, have you been collecting these all morning and holding out on it? So the
4: our email feed that holds these yeah. usually updates very quickly, but these actually also updated in like the last hour. So I know a number you sent them in earlier in the show. My apologies for that, but they did not show up until this final hour.
0: I wish we'd been able to play some of those for Joe, because I think he would have laughed. Joe makes us laugh every once in a while. We should crack him up, reward him for showing up here. And he would have he laughed at some of that stuff.
11: Sometimes I thought we should have more than... 15 seconds available to him, but on that Rudy one, I'm glad we didn't. I kind of got the point after like 7 seconds.
14: Rudy! Rudy, <laughs> Rudy! Rudy! Rudy!
0: See, this is just our personalities. That was
11: like torture, As though. soon
0: as he started, I thought, I'm going to be disappointed if he doesn't do this the whole time until the system cuts right, him off at 15 seconds. but we didn't 15. We got the point at 7. Doesn't matter. You got you to gotta go all the way no, to 15. I, I, you got to stay on the bull for 8 seconds. No, the... Or the open mic for 15.
11: My attention span, the older I've gotten, I mean, it just is gone. Anything beyond a knock-knock joke, i check out.
2: <laughs>
11: <laughs> you want to tell me a
0: story, it better, better be Get quick. right to it. Yes. Let's go. Right. All right, DJ and PK reminding you to uh, help out ARUP over the holiday weekend. ARUP needs your help. Donating blood before a long weekend is critical. Please donate blood over the Memorial Day weekend. Call to make an appointment today at 801-584-5272 or online at utahblood.org. Arup needs the zone's listeners to step up and donate today. That's A-R-U-P. Got a lot of people tweeting at us. Uh, I've been in an NBA time capsule since 1999. Just say it tweets in. Since when did the Harlem Globetrotters become the status quo for the league? What are we talking about? Wild shots, crazy entertainment. They want grinded out hoops. I guess I don't know what else they're getting. Oh, backing
11: and down and three guys pointing.
0: to Well, there's a little the bit key. of that going on. Uh, Boyan does do a little backing down. He's peeking over his left One shoulder. Dude. He's peeking over and his it's left our shoulder. team, so I don't mind it. But, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but he wants to spin over the right, and then the helps coming to block the shot. There, I mean, it's very choreographed. Well, nobody knows how to defend it because we haven't seen it for ten years. James says, my reaction to this game, Memphis played extremely well and still lost by 12. Jazz win in five.
11: Five. That's that's the best case scenario,
0: right? Obviously. Yeah, you can't do any better than that. The one thing, and I mean, I like a lot of the stuff Brooks brings to it, but he's clearly gotten under the Jazz player's skin, and that's a positive if it breaks somebody's down. But if you don't have enough talent or if they're mentally tough or both, all you do is make sure that – they really, really want to put you away. And Donovan Mitchell, whether it was in earlier games in the regular season or whether it was being frustrated sitting there in Game 1, Brooks hadn't even done anything and he was under Donovan's skin in Game 2. He hadn't done anything in Game 2. Maybe he got under his skin in Game 1 when, when Donovan oh, couldn't he play. Oh, he
11: headbutted somebody. Who did he but Mike Conley. Conley, okay, yeah,
0: and it was like to the shoulder. It wasn't head to head. It was a weird deal, but it was a headbutt. It, it was his head. It was a headbutt.
11: Doesn't have to be head to head. Weird
0: deal, does it? I think
11: technically a headbutt. It's your forehead. Yes. Once you use your forehead, it's head. By definition, it's a legal headbutt, right? Which is illegal. You can't stick your finger in another guy's ear, and you can't headbutt.
0: But apparently, you can kick to the groin. Yeah, <laughs> if you're shooting. <laughs> If you are shooting, uh, good stuff. At De Hatch fourteen says the Nets will average one hundred and sixty points per game if they play the Jazz in the NBA finals. The Jazz score one hundred and sixty one. Who cares?
11: <laughs> and I'll t- I'll take at this point. I'll take a finals loss.
0: Yeah, I was about to say that means the Jazz are in the NBA finals. Right? Did they just beat the Mavericks or the Clippers, and then they beat the Lakers or? Nuggets or Blazers, whoever it turns out to be? If they beat the Lakers in the Western Conference final... What do you care at that point? Call it good. (laughs) So we're not interested in advancing. We're good. Well, that happened once before, and it turned out people have kind of held on to it for a quarter of a century. So that sounds good right now, but I'm not sure it'll be true.
11: Yeah, but I look at things differently.
0: Jeff says, Our Jazz defense is confused. We think Steph actually won the play-in, and we're guarding one of the worst three-point shooters in the league, as if he's Steph. Well, I'm not sure that's true. I saw the Jazz go under on screens multiple times, and he made the shots. He did make the shot, man. Yeah, you have to
11: tip your cap. He to made this a kid. three
0: early in the third quarter that helped start that run. That energized him, like sweet. if Jaw's gonna hit that shot. We're, I mean, if he gets that shot down. How are you gonna defend him?
11: It's clear he doesn't really want to shoot. He looks a little stiff when he shoots it. He does. It's but not a, like Steph, but, but
0: he, he had a couple of he goes them
11: go in. in, goes and, in yeah. yeah, he's had a heck of a two games, no doubt about it. You got to get a handle on him.
0: Yeah, that uh, ESPN stuff I told you about earlier, they do all the stats and all the way to his first two NBA playoff games. And he's gone for, I think, what is it, 73 points now? And the only player who... George Mikan. Yes. No. Yes. (laughs) Seriously,
4: wow.
0: That is the answer.
11: Oh. Oh, my gosh. That was the ultimate
0: pull out of you-know-what.
11: <laughs>
0: I'm not afraid, said Morant, who's 73 points so far in this series are only two points shy of Hall of fame center George Mikan's <laughs> record for the most ever in a player's first two playoff games, according to ESPN stats and information what, research. 45, 46 or something? Uh, early 50s, I think. Okay. Yeah, about 51, somewhere in there. He, they won five out of six titles in the early 50s to mid-50s. So so uh, maybe the Jazz could slow him down a little bit. Funny. That'd be good. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're all done. Hansa Scott here up next with more on the playoffs right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.